Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Uncooperative Radio Show with Brian Bonner, the finest uncooperative conservative radio on the net. Kicking down the wall, blowing away the smoke screens. You cockroaches, and you know who you are. You can run, but you can't hide. Brian Bonner stands for truth, justice, and the American way. Enemies of America, foreign and domestic, Consider yourself on notice. Uncooperative Radio is coming for you. Okay, and welcome to the Uncooperative Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner from UncooperativeBlogger.com. You're listening to UncooperativeRadio.com. And I'm here with my lovely wife and producer, Susan. Say hello, Susan. Hello, American patriots. What are we talking about this evening? On Sundays, we start with a prayer, which I will be reciting because I forgot to put it in your copy. So let me get that up. Then the ups and downs for the week. We're going to rush right into it. We'll continue telling you about the UN's 2030 agenda. Please, gorilla tape. This is going to make your head explode. And did you know that there are outbreaks of all kinds of illnesses affecting our children? And what is our government spending your money on? Followed by a history lesson about the Great Awakening Revival. If we get to it. Okay, well, it's time for a prayer. Okay, this is a prayer from Catholic.org. Dear God... Teach me to remember that I have always known that I came from you and I shall return to you. And there, within your perpetual light, my every tear shall dry away, for I shall be with you and those I loved so dearly here. Guide me in your plan to courageously and fearlessly say, not my will, but yours be done, trusting always that my motivations here on earth are driven by your holy will. Amen. Okay, the ups and downs for the week. On up, down. From cnsnews.com. In his weekly address today, President Caesar Baracus Abominus warned that there will be another government shutdown threat two weeks before Christmas and said he will not sign a short-term spending bill. I want to be clear. That's a quote. He said he will not sign a short-term spending bill. Now, if it shuts down, whose fault is it? It's his. So, I don't know. Congress better make the case. But we don't want a short-term spending bill. I don't want no. that either. <laughs> I want the government to shut down, personally. Yep. There's no such thing. The government never shuts down, ever. They'll just get rid of 
non-essential personnel. The good news, I hear the Department of Homeland Security, that's most of the people that work there. Believe it or not, they consider them not essential. If they're not essential, why are we paying for them? Don't even bother furloughing. Just fire them now and be done with it. Of course, we can't do that because we have no economy. But we're going to have to do it sooner or later. So let them let shut down. The, look, you won't miss it. Let them shut it down. Uh, the military people get money. They'll get floated loans through the credit union like they did when I was in the military, and they shut down the government. And they, they shut down the government for quite a while. I think it was a month at least. Um, so it's happened before. It'll happen again. But sh- cut up the credit cards. No more debt increase. If there's no more debt ceiling increase, then they can't spend any more money than they take in. And yes, no, we would not default on our loans. We have plenty of money to pay, make the payments, the interest payments on the loan. There's no reason for us to default unless Caesar intentionally defaults because he just wants to be a crybaby and hold his breath until he turns blue. Actually, he doesn't even give her behind, but a little bit. He cares. He cares enough about the, the agenda. He's, you know, he's he's just hook, line, and sinker for this whole communist nonsense. It's not just communism. He's progressive, left wing, little progressive, socialist, commie, fascist, latest bastards. Get the idea? The continuing resolution that Congress passed this week runs until December the eleventh. President Caesar Barack Obama does not sign the spending bill. Congress sends him to fund the government after that date. Obama will shut down the government. Hey, good for you, CNS. <laughs> the government will not be funded until Obama signs an appropriations bill passed by Congress. Fortunately, there were enough votes in both parties to pass the last-minute bill to keep the government open for another 10 weeks, Obama has said in his address. Unfortunately, that gimmick only sets up another shutdown threat two weeks before Christmas. It just kicks the can down the road. Yes, that's it. Yes, it does, just like you do. Kick the can down. When are you going to pay off the debt, Obama? When are you going to balance the budget, Obama? When are you going to stop taking expensive vacations, Obama? When is your rest of your family going to stop taking vacations on Air Force One without you? I, I, what did we get? We have do we have two Air Force One A and One B now or something? She's always flying on one jet. He's flying another jet. It costs us millions of dollars. Ooh, Bush took more. No, Bush this Bush didn't take any vacations compared to this man. What he calls what you call a vacation? He went home to work, and he had everything he needed in his ranch to run the government from there that's one of the things i liked about bush i mean we're not bushies he was a disaster as well as a Prague. but one of the things that i liked he didn't want to stay in washington we won't want politicians to want right. to be there it's not our fault that he's never ever amounted to anything this obama issue people elected uh he never ever amounted enough to own a real home that wasn't like chicago i don't what happened to that home in chicago why doesn't he ever go home to it? I bet he sold it. If he could. <laughs> Whatever. Maybe he just uh, gave it away for taxes. I Look, the man is an idiot. The man takes real vacations like you do that many times a year. Do you get that many vacations a year? I don't think so. Are they paid, including travel expenses? Well, I don't think so. 
Uh, oh, how come he, how come he gets all this? We only pay people to work. We don't pay people to take off from work. Well, what nonsense is this? Again, everything is upside down, backwards up there. So he has the nerve to use the kick the can down the road analogy. When we were saying that the last three times they raised the... You know what else he's bringing up, Brian? It's going to be two weeks before Christmas. Oh, I don't care about that at all. Oh, you're not going to have money for presents. Who's... You won't. How many people listen to me work for the government, the national government? Well, if you don't, you have nothing to worry about. So he goes, uh, it just kicks the can down the road without solving any problems or doing any long-term planning for the future, Obamanus said. Well, what's your long-term plans there, Obamanus? You keep submitting these idiotic budgets that the only long-term plan you have is going deeper into debt. That's not a plan. And that's why I will not sign another short-sighted, short-term spending bill like the one Congress sent me this week. Well, don't sign it then, by all means. I'm for it. No budget, no money for you. Close down the executive brands. I want to start seeing, I want to see plywood going up over the windows and doors. <laughs> told everybody they need to put on their gorilla tape for this one because this is going to be a gorilla tape show. <laughs> and anybody that makes excuses out there, oh, we always raise the debt Oh, we've raised this this many times over. I don't care how many times we've raised the debt ceiling before. We are eight, we were never at eighteen trillion dollars before. You're gonna you're gonna live spend another two trillion dollars in deficit spending per year. No, no continuing resolution either. You hammer that home. Don't you dare dare even consider signing a continuing resolution. There will be no continuing resolutions. You either pass a budget or the budget doesn't get passed and the executive branch doesn't get funded. I'm good. You'll be surprised how much government runs just fine without those oh, non-essential people. I, I, I said this the last time with the non-essential nonsense. If they're not essential, why are we hiring them back? By definition, we don't need them. Under the Constitution of the United States, Congress has the power to approve all spending done by the U.S. Treasury. Article 1, Section 9, Clause 7 of the Constitution says, No money shall be drawn from the Treasury, but in consequence of appropriations made by law. Uh, okay, actually, it's a little, up. it's a little, it's a little more than that. All revenue bills must originate where? In the, in the House, House of, of Representatives. Representatives, not in Congress. In the House of Representatives, specifically. Any bill that starts in the Senate and then goes to the House that raises money in any way, fees, rev- any revenue, taxes, it's unconstitutional and void, and has to be started over again from the House. That's just, and they even caught themselves that. A couple, I don't know, I think it was under Bush when they did that. They caught themselves, the Senate, the House said, no, this is no good. We got to redo it because it started in the Senate and it can't start in the Senate. The ACA started in the Senate and it, what? The penalties are not penalties, they're taxes. Well, then it's void because it didn't originate in the House of Representatives. They even told us to go back in time and listen to what they said when they had to repass a bill from the from scratch. 
Nothing's changed. They haven't amended the Constitution. This is why we shouldn't be listening to the Supreme Court. Well, the reason we shouldn't listen to the Supreme Court is we were never supposed to listen to the Supreme Court. In fact, the Supreme Court was to have very little to do with us. And one of the only things it did have to do to us, uh, someone of another state suing a state, right after, I think that was the Crookshank case, right after that, they passed the, you got the 11th Amendment. The very first amendment after the Bill of Rights to be passed was the state saying, uh-uh. They took the power away from the Supreme Court to even hear those cases anymore. Now, how come they're, they're hearing all the cases, no matter what? Everything goes to the Supreme Court. How does that work? Someone read Article 3, Section 2 and tell me. Uh, Article 3 is the only part that deals with judiciary. Article 2 deals with what? Come on, second most important branch of government. Second most powerful. The president. Right. The executive. And Article 1, the most important and largest. Congress. So... If you want to know whether the Supreme Court has the jurisdiction to even hear a case, yet alone have any power, you need to find it in Article 3. If you can't find it in Article 3, other than to make uh, like half a sentence mean everything under the planet, like lawyers do, uh, you'll find out that the Supreme Court really is not, has no power over deciding what laws are constitutional or not. And in almost all the cases that they hear, they don't even have the jurisdiction to hear the cases. The whole federal judiciary does not have the jurisdiction to hear the cases. The Supreme Court of the state is just that. There's a reason they call it the Supreme Court. That's it. It ain't going any higher. You're done. Unless it has something directly to do with the federal government and, and foreigners, it's none of their business. Again, it, it lays it out in Article 3, Section 2. And no, the first... The first sentence does not mean everything under the planet again. The welfare clause doesn't mean what people say it means. The commerce clause doesn't mean what the people say it means. The supremacy clause does not mean what they say it means. Well, how could that be, Brian? It's Supreme Court. Uh, no, no, no. Congress passes a law that is pursuant to its powers enumerated in the Constitution. Then it is the Supreme Court law of the land. If it passes a law that is not pursuant to enumerated powers of the Constitution... That it's not even a law. It's void. It's worthless. It's paper with ink on it. That's it. It's worthless. Burn it. And here we go. Oh, we're going to go to the Supreme Court. Oh, the origination clause. Please, please give us our rights. All states have to do is not pay any attention to federal courts. The problem's over. That's why we're taking the states back from the ground up. Because your, your state government sucked. Just like my state government sucks. They all suck, frankly. They, some just suck a little less than others. Uh, we can't we can't deal with suck. We gotta take it back. We gotta be in charge. When the people are in charge of the state legislatures and the executive, that's when we have we can exceed exude our power through them. They get their power from us too. But see, they're supposed to battle, keep that thing in line up there for us. It's not the Supreme Court that decides that a bill is constitutional or unconstitutional it i should say a law it is the state legislatures they never intended to they never even never even crossed their mind except for alexander hamilton that they would give them that kind of power that's one part of the national government trying to keep in check the other parts and of the national government oh and themselves who's going to keep the supreme court in check 
See, you, you, they teach you checks and balances like it's all up there. It's all up there. It's the three branches, checks and balances. No, we're part of the checks and balances. We the people. Jury duty. Voting. Those are the two things we do to keep the government in check. Too many people don't do it. And now they're starting to complain because suddenly... Oh, it didn't affect them before. Suddenly it's affecting them, and now they're not so happy about it. That's always, it's human nature. It's always the way it is. There's always these people just don't care. As long as it doesn't affect them, they don't really give, don't care what the government does. They're fine. Uh, right up until it affects them. Then suddenly it's a crybabies galore. Well, we won't be around to protect you once they're done with us to come for you. See, that's the way it works. So you'll be on your own, and there'll be no one there to help you, just like you didn't help anybody else, and off to the oven you go. Oh, I'm sorry, FEMA camp. Tell us how you really feel, hon. One day. This is just the beginning of the show. <laughs> yeah, I love how they quote the only part that doesn't say the origination clause. I know. It. You want to read them to them? You had I, it out. Yeah, I did. Oh, I'll, she did. I'll keep looking. I did. <laughs> but the Constitution also gives the President Caesar the power to veto legislation passed by Congress. Yes, you absolutely have that power, so go ahead, buddy. If Obamanists were to veto an appropriations bill to fund the government after December the 11th, refusing to fund the government as authorized by both houses of Congress, both houses of Congress would need to muster two-thirds majority to override the president's veto to keep the government funded. And who makes budgets in our national government according to the Constitution? Congress does. And all revenue bills must originate in the House of Representatives. And there's nothing in there about president making a budget. You That started, I think, during Tommy the Commie Land, where they just said, look, just tell us how much money you need for your executive branch, and, and we'll pass it. Save us, save us time and aggravation. Uh, that's not a law. That's just behavior. He's not entitled to even present the budget. He has nothing to do with the budgetary process. Now, this, the vice president does, because he's the president of what? The Senate. Correct. <laughs> Am I passing, teacher? Yeah, it's just, you're passing. You're passing. <laughs> All right. So, the consensus on the uncooperative radio show, shut down the government. Please. Every time they leave and go on vacation, I can take a nice sigh of relief and not have to worry about what they're going to do to us next. Everyone complaining about they're not getting anything done up there? Good. And every time they get something done, it screws us. There's, they've already screwed us. So you got to know that every bill that comes after this is just more screwing you up. Why do you want them to pass it? That ought to be a law. Snap out! Moving right along and down from the associated press. What the heck was that? That was an up-down. That of, was a what? An up-down, because I want the... Yes, shut it down. Okay. And, I, <laughs> and he's threatening to shut it down. Woohoo! Yeah, and the <laughs> leaders of the two houses are colluding with him. Woo! And most of the people elected up there are colluding with the president to take our rights away. Woohoo! Well, we didn't... How's that WOTUS bill coming? Waters of the United States. How's that coming along? Any heard about it since the last time I told you about it? Oh, me either. 
I'm going to have to go looking for it. I've been busy working on computers, and I haven't had much time working off one laptop between the two of us. But getting there, I don't know. I'm getting there. <laughs> the Raspberry Pi thing is uh, not quite done with it, but it seems to me that uh, my between my internet connection and the Raspberry Pi, it just doesn't work out well for multimedia streaming. It can play re- recorded stuff pretty easily, but the streaming stuff ends up all bl- chunky. So I got to figure that out. I don't know. I just had to get my head off this topic for a little bit, for a couple minutes, because my head's going to explode. My ears are already bleeding. I, that's what I told. This is going to be a gorilla tape show. <laughs> Man, the gorilla tape. All right, uh, down. From the S. Oceated Press. One month after the body of three-year-old Aylin Kurdi washed up on the Turkish beach, and a week after the European Union agreed to secure its borders, the migrant crisis has largely fallen off the front pages and reporters are going home. Okay, I had no idea that the picture of this child caused the crisis and all the immigrants to go flooding across all of these borders. That's just ridiculous. What about the kids of the people that live in these countries? What about their children? What about them? What's going to happen to them when they take these idiot migrants in? Obviously, the government doesn't care. Well, obviously, the people don't care either. Look, there's a bigger bigger picture to all this that we're not privy to. There's a reason why. How come Angela Merkel went from no more of this, we got we to gotta make sure we assimilate our immigrants to, oh, sure, we'll take 800,000 immigrants from hell that don't speak the language, that aren't worth crap except for manual labor, and they're probably too lazy to do that. Yeah, let's take them in. How's that benefit Germany? What happened, Angela? Who's twisting and why and how? I know. You said this on Sunday, too. The other thing that we have to bring up again over and over, they're not all of them women and children. They're mostly men of of warring age. That's right. And didn't we just hear on... 18 to 45, it's in our code. That's our militia. All, all healthy males between the age of 18 and 45. And now you women want to be added to it? All men and women, age 18 45, and then I guess you'll want to sign up for that unconstitutional selective service, too. So you can be drafted. You, know, you want to be in the front lines. You want to be treated equal. Well, then you have to be drafted with the rest of us. Still liking this idea? You think it ain't going to affect the women that don't have anything, don't want anything to do with the military, would never want to go to the military, just want to be, maybe just want to be the most important thing in the world, like a mother, and, if, and raise a family? Well, that'll... You're not going to be too happy when your name gets called from the selective service list, now, are you? Wow, that's going to be a bummer. See, so yeah, you see, no one thinks anything through. It's not just the ones that get called. It affects everybody. It can turn your life upside down in a flash. And didn't we hear on Dana Lash last night that they're kicking people in Germany out of their homes for these migrants? I did. I did. And I had to take a second take on it because... I, I was like, huh? What, what do you mean? What do you mean you're going to kick people out of their apartments and put the refugees in them? What's going to happen to the citizens? 
Where do they go? So let me get this. The refugees will all have homes, and your citizens will be homeless. Something strange is going on over there, because anyone with half a brain could know this doesn't make any sense. I can't see the citizens be putting up with it. <laughs> this is amazing. Uh, let's just spread Islam everywhere, because that's what's happening. These are all fuzzy muzzies. They're all coming here to... They're all coming to all the different places, all the different countries to do what? To help take them over. Because eventually the goal of the Quran and Islam is that Islam will rule the world. So you can put that in front of every single thing they do and try and figure out why they're doing it. Gee, why are they doing this? Don't they like the Middle East? Isn't that their holy land? Why? Because it's their job to go forth and take you over. From the inside, this is this is what they did from the very beginning, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is history. They they've done it since the sixth century. So everyone's surprised they're doing. Oh, like, yeah, that, you're just reading things into it, Brian. Uh, no, it's what their religion teaches. So I don't have to read into it. Also, I still remember a mucky muck uh, imam coming out and they translated his little speech when he told everybody to go and immigrate to other countries, stick to yourselves. Create your own communities, grow in strength, and slowly get Sharia law infiltrated into the laws of the land. That was the commandment of their imam. Still think I'm making things up? I don't make anything up. I'm not interested in lying to you. I don't care. I don't have any specific agenda other than the truth and the Constitution. That's my ideology right there. I don't need anything else. Unlike the Quran, I really don't need anything else. <laughs> uh, well, you know, that's the other thing about the Muzzies. You only need one book, the Quran. All knowledge, all you need is in the Quran. When you when you get hungry, the answer it's in the Quran. Well, I guess they could eat the pages. All right. Anyway, back to this Turkish beach. And a week after the European Union agreed to secure its borders, the migrant crisis largely fallen off the front pages and reporters are going home. But the human tide keeps rolling northward and westward. And aid agencies are preparing for it to continue through the winter. How many are the Chinese taking in? Just curious, because they're all going to die. <laughs> they don't put up with Muslims. They can't kill them. They don't put, throw them in jail, prison. The Uyghurs, remember the Uyghurs? I didn't understand way back when what the Uyghurs were until uh, I till I looked into it. They're, they're Muslims. They're Chinese Muslims. They're a whole different breed of Muslim. I don't know. Uh, different labels, same crap. It's the same religion no matter how you label it. It's all crap. And it's all them against everybody. So I can't imagine China taking any. If they do, I guess they got some room in their prisons or something. I, I don't know, but I bet they're not taking any. I bet Russia isn't taking any in either. <sighs> so they're preparing it. They're preparing for it to continue through the winter, when temperatures along the migrant trail will drop below freezing. They fear the crisis may get worse. One thing is clear: the movement is not going to die down," said Babar Balak, the UN refugee agency's representative in the Balkans. What we are seeing right now, it's just the tip of the iceberg. 
We were, they, that's what Milosevic was trying to get rid of in the Balkans. Muslims. And yes, we still have soldiers there. That Bill Clinton said, I think it lasts a month. While over half a million people have crossed the Mediterranean <clears throat> to Europe this year, more than double the figure for all of 2014, that is only a fraction of the people who are on the move. Some 4 million have fled Syria after more than, that's 4 million. Not, and they're Muzzies, not Christians. Four years of civil war and $8 million have been displaced inside the country. And it's not just Syrians. It's Iraqis and Iranians, Afghans and Eritreans. You've never heard of Eritreans, have you? Four million have fled Syria. Uh, more than four years, huh? The EU acknowledged the scale of the problem last week, even after it approved the plan to toughen border controls and provide at least 1 billion euros, 1.1 billion dollars, to help Turkey, Lebanon, and Jordan care for refugees living in their countries. The first new border measures won't take effect until November, and a proposal for strengthening the EU border agency is due in December. Recently, I visited refugee camps in Turkey and Jordan, and I heard only one message. We are determined to get to Europe. Notice in Turkey and Jordan, they're in refugee camps. And they are determined to get to Europe because, after all, Angela Merkel and the rest of them are putting them up in nice housing, taking care of all their needs. It's wonderful. European Council President Donald Tusk said after the agreement was announced, it is clear that the greatest tide of refugees and migrants is yet to come. While the UN High Commissioner for Refugees on Friday reported a noticeable drop in migrants entering Greece by sea, as weather conditions deteriorated this week, the agency spokesman, Adrian Edwards, said, any improvement in the weather is likely to bring another surge of arrivals. And you notice that no one is talking about it. I can almost not talk anymore, Susan. No one's talking about it. They're all talking about the president. Who's going to be president? About 1,500 people arrived in Greece on Thursday, down from 5,000 a day in recent weeks, UNHCR said. 1,500? This, this clown up there wants to bring in 200,000. Or, and no, wait, didn't it go more than that? No, it's 200. That's no, right. Wait, That's right. Started. The Daily Cossack people <laughs> petitioned him for 100. He said 10, I think it was 8,000 originally. 10,000, something like that. Uh, yeah, they wanted 100,000, 10 times that amount. That's what they pushed for. So Obama, is seeing, hearing that, said, ha, 200,000. 200,000 fuzzy muzzies in our country that have no interest in becoming citizens or assimilating. I'll let you chew on that off of the break. It's the Uncooperative Radio Show. Stay tuned, because we'll be right back. We are the socialists. 
you will be assimilated. Your individual liberties, personal freedoms, and mental individuality will be added to our own. Resistance is futile. If you are successful at what you do, whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, a business owner, or you have a great career, you understand the concept of protecting yourself. Well, are you protecting yourself, your family, and your assets with quality term life insurance? Consider these possible rates. A man age 45, non-tobacco user, could obtain $1 million of coverage for as little as $75 a month. And this rate is fixed for the next 10 years. We specialize in policy of $500,000 and above. A man age 50, non-tobacco user, may be able to obtain $500,000 of coverage for as little as $115 a month. And this rate is fixed for the next 20 years. We have great rates for smokers, too. Call the Term Lifeline now. 800-430-1891 If you are struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 800-215-6813 800-215-6813 This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details not available in all states. Grandma, can you come out and play? Sure, Ellie. Oh, my. You might want to come here and help Grandma. What's the matter, Grandma? Can't you stand? Oh, sorry, honey. It's my knees. They don't work the way they used to. Does this ever happen to you? Are you on Medicare? You may qualify for a pain-relieving knee brace at little or no cost to you. Call the health hotline to see if you qualify. Our friendly agents are standing by 24-7 to help you. We also have braces for your shoulder, ankle, or back pain. And if you're covered by Medicare, you may qualify for free delivery. Grandma, slow down. I can't keep up. Maybe you can use a knee brace too, Ellie. (laughs) Catch me if you can, kiddo. Call now to get your pain-relieving knee brace. 800-368-6704. 800-368-6704. That's 800-368-6704. Thanks to me, as you see, we're not in a depression. Recovery, destiny, if you follow my lesson, Lord Kane's here I come, line up for the procession. We brought out the shovels, and we're still in a ditch and still picking. Don't you think it's time for a switch from that hair of the dog? Friend, the party is over. The long run is here. It's time to get sober. Are you kidding? Look, your work's perfectly fine. Have a rough, the Great Recession ended back in 09. I deserve credit. Things would have been worse. All the estimates prove it. I'll quote chapter and verse. 
Do you deny World War II cut short the Depression? Wow, one data point and you're jumping for joy. The last time I checked, wars only destroyed. There was no multiplier. Consumption just shrank as we used scarce resources for every new tank. Pretty perverse to call that prosperity. Ration meat, ration butter, a life of austerity. When that war spending ended, your friends cried disaster. Yet the economy thrived and grew faster. Real growth means production of what people demand. That's entrepreneurship, not your central plan. My solution is simple and easy to handle. It's spending that matters. Why is that such a scandal? Money sloshes through the pipes and the sluices, revitalizing the economy's juices. It's just like an engine that's stalled and gone dark. To bring it to life, we need a quick spark. Spending's the lifeblood that gets the flow going. Where it goes doesn't matter. Just get spending flow. slack in some sectors as a general plus. As cronies get fatter The economy's not a car There's no engine to stall No expert can fix it There's no it at all The economy's us We don't need a mechanic Put away the wrenches The economy's organic Situation we Unemployed. This is the question you seem to avoid. When we're in a mess, would you have us just wait doing nothing until markets equilibrate? I don't want to do nothing. There's plenty to do. The question I ponder is who plans for whom? Do I plan for myself or leave it to you? I want plans by the many, not by the few. Let's not repeat what created our troubles. I want real growth, not a series of bubbles. Stop bailing out losers. Let's prices work. If we don't try to steer them, they won't go berserk. Come on, are you kidding? Don't Wall Street gyrations challenge a worldview of self-regulation? Even you must admit that the lesson we've learned is more oversights needed or else we'll get burned. Oversight? The government's long been in bed with those Wall Street execs. 
in the firms that they bled. Capitalism's about profit and loss. You fail at the losers, there's no end to the cost. The lesson I've learned is how little we know. The world is complex, not some circular flow. The economy's not a classic and master in college. To think otherwise is the pretense of knowledge. I have found that a certain type that calls himself a liberal, and I always thought I was a liberal. <laughs> I came up terribly surprised one time when I found that I was a right-wing conservative <laughs> extremist. When I have listened to everybody's point of view that I ever met, and then decide how I should feel. I mean, but these this so-called new liberal group. Uh, Jesus, they never, they never listen to your point of view, and they make a decision as to what you think, and uh, they're articulate enough and in control of enough of the press to force that uh, uh, image out for the average person. King Samir Shabazz is the new Black Panther Party's Philadelphia leader. This new Panther version of black power does not include white participation. I hate white people. All of them. Every last iota of a cracker, I hate it. We didn't come out here to play today. There's too much serious business going on in the black community to be out here sliding through South Street with white, dirty, cracker whore on our arm and we call ourselves black men with African garb on. What the hell is wrong with you, black man? You had a doom day with a white girl on your damn arm. You want freedom? You're going to have to kill some crackers. You're going to have to kill some of their babies. Do you use Viagra or Cialis? Have you been thinking about trying Viagra or Cialis? What if we could promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for Viagra, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pill delivers the exact same results for less than $3. We'll do the math for you. You save more than $16 a pill for the same results. Want more? We'll give you 40 blue pills or 40 yellow pills for $99 and add four more pills free. You save more than $500. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know what to do next. You need to call 800-764-9168 and get your 44 pills for just $99. Stop overpaying for Viagra. Call us and start saving a ton of money for the exact same results. Ordering is fast and easy with your pills delivered to your door in an unmarked package. Call us right now, 800 764 800-764-9168. That's 800 <laughs> Or the United States of America, where we do, except that the Prague's always say everybody's Nazis if they're not nationalistic. Oh yeah, saying the pledge is nationalistic. It's and we know we know what that brings. That you'll hear that they don't know what that brings, but they know that phrase. So go no, tell me what will it bring? Uh, happiness by the people that are happy with their government and their country. We're not happy. We can't be nationalists right now. We hate our we hate our government. We're we're con- we're more like constitutionalists, not nationalists. But neither here nor there. Again, these 
emotions, these movements, etc., mean nothing if you adhere to the Constitution, because once you get elected, you can't do any of the things that you want to do anyway. You can't do it because you don't have the power. Oh, I know they have the power in reality, but if if we're adhering to the Constitution, that would exist. Understand? That's why I talk about it all the time. Because all those things we hate wouldn't exist. They don't really have that power. We let them steal it, and we're still doing nothing about it, but we're working on it. People are out there doing just what I keep saying from the ground up. Take back your school boards first and work your way up to your county commissioner, uh, you know, and then up to up to up step 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 until you get to the governor. Then you reassert constitutional sovereignty and voila. And so it begins. All right. The site also explained that the designers of the park calculated that the elderly, middle-aged, young adults and children would all be able to sightsee tour and rest in the park and identify with the core values of socialism. Ah, they finally said it right. It's really not communism. <laughs> uh, they're, they're really, there's been no real communism in the world it, except at our beginning. Back then, there there was already it was already happening in Europe, and they tried it over here with the Mayflower people and Jamestown. They they came and they tried communism, and they all died in large numbers the first winter because it doesn't work. Socialism and communism doesn't work. It never will work because human behavior will always be human behavior. Uh-oh, better feed the chickens. I did. Oh, good. What's yellow feet bugging me for? Anyway, uh, so core values. There's no what, what kind of values are there in social? There's no value to it. So, ugh. As of last year, Bloomberg reported that there were upwards of 100 locations throughout China promoting red tourism. This trend falls in line with President Xi Jinping's urgings to promote patriotism in China. We need to seize these two concepts, red bases and patriotic education on the one hand and developing red tourism on the other, he said in a March 2014 speech. Now, wait a minute. Uh, you, you progs up there, stop complaining about nationalism. China wants nationalism now, so shut up commies. Despite the government's promotion efforts, reactions on social media in China illustrated a dislike for the newest theme park, The Guardian reported. Critics quipped about their taxes being used to construct it. Taking to the country's popular social media site, Weibo, one user posted, did you even know that site existed? I didn't know it. W-E-I-B-O. One user protested, uh, posted that it should be called the brainwashing theme park, while a different user quipped, what a waste of good land. While the theme of the park may please government officials, it will face stiff competition when Disneyland's $5.5 billion theme park and resort opens up next year. Now, you do know that the Chinese <laughs> can make them do whatever they want in their theme park, right? Know, Including incorporating this notion of uh, red tourism. They, could, they might have to commie some rides up, you know what I'm saying? But it's unbelievable. Maybe They're maybe doing... Mickey will be a, a comrade, you know, like he was when he was a rapper. They turned black with an afro. Yeah, we ha it had to be that year that we went there, right? <laughs> yeah. This is the only time we ever went. We lived in Florida for almost seven but years. But then they had the homo one. 
Oh, my Lord. Remember they opened up the park all the homosexuals? Yeah. Mickey was a homo for that one. I don't know what was going on there. I didn't. Thank God I saw no footage of that parade. Uh, all right. Uh, beep, 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 pop. A waste of good land, I'll have to agree with. And China needs all the good land they can get. The reason they grow so much rice is because they don't have a lot of good land. Well, I, I was going to turn this into an up-down because there's a lot of the Chinese citizens that think this is disgusting. What are they going to do about it? It's communist China. While, uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. Eventually, Universal Studios plans to also open up its billion-dollar amusement park in Beijing. The growing billion-dollar industry boasts parks with standard themes like space, while more original takes on amusement include a military-focused venue called Minsk World, or the Shenzhen theme park known as Windows of the World, where visitors can view replicas of global landmarks and cityscapes. Wow. Red tourism. You going to China, folks? You don't really have to. It's almost China here now. Okay, well, I have nothing to say about that. It's communist China. I don't know. And no, there's no difference between nationalism in China and nationalism here. Communism uses nationalism. Socialists use nationalism. But nationalism itself is a bet. To be proud, for good reason, of your country is normal, if it is for good reason. Not too proud of my government. I don't know about you. The country we're supposed to have, very proud of. I can't I can't seem to find it anymore. The constitution is lost somewhere under all this rubble. They're not even pay they don't they've violated all of the Bill of Rights. What more could they do? Uh, oh and some of the amendments, thirteenth amendment. What does that say? No. What? I don't know. I don't have it memorized. The the one it's the one that freed the slaves, dear. Uh, it's, I'll look it up. No, That's why we have our pocket constitution. No, what kind of servitude? Involuntary. No involuntary servitude. When the government tells a citizen to do something and they and they have to do it as in an action, that's involuntary servitude. When you make an employer collect money and information to give to the government, that's involuntary servitude. Oh, you see it. Every business people don't want to do it. No, I don't care what business. But if they want to do it, fine. But they don't have the option. You you can't have a business and not do it. You have to collect sales tax if your state has sales tax. Your county has sales tax. Another side, you know, in some places they have city, state, and county sales taxes. New York comes to mind. When you go to the city, you get hit with sales tax, income tax, and then you live on a Long Island. You go spend your money, then you get hit with the sales taxes. It's ridiculous. So, the 13th Amendment, so I can remind the folks. Neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as a punishment for crime, whereof the party shall have been duly convicted, shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. Like I said, no involuntary servitude. So, you're right. The draft is completely unconstitutional. Correct. So and is ACA, so is uh, 
I could just go on. So is any government mandated sales tax to citizens? All of it. It's involuntary servitude. You you have to do it whether you want it or not, whether you want to or not. That's invo- that's the definition of involuntary servitude. Notice it's in slavery nor involuntary servitude. They did it's see there's the, it's not real slavery, but what I'm describing is involuntary servitude. When you're drafted, that's involuntary servitude. We don't need the draft anymore anyway to begin with. It's it's illegal. The minute we get back to the Constitution, it doesn't exist anyway. So, I mean, I'm just saying. Uh, but, you know, you young kids out there, you better run out there and get yourself signed up when you're 18 because otherwise you can't get any government anything. You can't get government jobs, government money, government help, government. Yeah, I know I don't care either, but I'm just letting you know. That's what they do to you. They, they just won't let you have anything to benefit of having that unconstitutional <laughs> government. <laughs> It's like unconstitutional teeters of unconstitutionality. Um, that's a lot to get through, Brian. You think you're looking for the word layers, and you're okay, right. Layers, tears, layers. Um, that's a lot to get through. Well, layers and tears are two different things. A tier is higher steps. Right. Like higher steps. This this isn't higher steps. This is layers. Layers of crap you have to get through to get to something. You know, like packaging, like those stupid blister packages you have to cut open because it's all the way to get it. Even when you cut them open, they're a pain in the neck. And then they say, you got to keep the original packaging. How? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I kept it. Here's the pieces. <laughs> oh, God. All right, moving right along. Okay, now we. I'm going to set this up for the folks, hopefully, that listened to us last show. We started this UN's 2030 agenda. And when we read it again, Brian, because I, I started from the preamble because this is going to get really into the meat and potatoes of it. This is extremely important. And they're calling this the change to Agenda 21. They're using this instead of Agenda 21. Yes, I know. Okay, well, I wanted to tell the folks out there. This just happened this weekend. No, it happened Friday, Thursday or Friday, after Popeye Pie left. They went in and they signed this agenda, and there was like twenty-seven countries. Is this not it? in the story? No, I don't. It's not going to be. Then in this why part. am I reading it? I'll, I'll, let me get the other. You, one your job is not to just tell everybody what the story means. Okay. Anyway, they signed this piece of crap on Thursday. Or well, if it isn't in this, then why am I reading it? Because it's telling me what they're going to do. Ah. Uh, they're going to do a lot. Only if you explain it that much, right? <laughs> Then you needed a better article. No, no, you read the whole beginning of the article. This is the middle. We didn't finish it. You read the entire beginning of this article. It's very long. Okay, so it could, what you should have just said is we're continuing from I last did. week. That's it. And I said we continued That's from it. last show. That's it. You should have shut up after that. No more talking. You just confuse everybody. Don't do it. And before, I guess we're going to wait for that again, because now, after all that explaining and not getting able to read, now we got to go to a break. It's the Uncooperative Radio Show. You stay tuned, because we'll be right back. Earth Angel Mine, a radon health mine nestled between the pristine mountains of Basin, Montana, was established in 1953. The Earth Angel Health Mine has been the bastion of health for people with chronic diseases, including arthritis, diabetes, gout, 
fibromyalgia, and much more. Earth Angel Health Mines accommodations include cabins, generous RV parking with hookups, and tent camping. It is open year-round, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Tours of the mine are available during the day only. Earth Angel Health Mine also offers a community spirit, which includes a weekly tailgate party where guests and locals enjoy each other's company and share their health stories. They also offer tours of surrounding attractions in the Gold West region of Montana. The Earth Angel Mine can be found on the web at www.earthangelmine.com or call 406-225-3516. Reservations are highly recommended. Again, you can contact Earth Angel Health Mine on the web at www.earthangelmine.com or call 406-225-3516. Earth Angel Health Mine. Come for the health, but stay for the hospitality. Because after all, it's all in the mine. Okay, we got a little humor for you here called You Might Be a Liberal Too by Popular Demand. If you think Rosie O'Donnell is intelligent, you might be a liberal. If you think Hillary Rotten Clinton is hot, you might be a liberal. If you hug trees more often than your spouse, you might be a liberal. If you think Al Gore knows anything about science, you might be a liberal. If you think the rich are not taxed enough, you might be a liberal. If you think Bill Clinton did not have sexual relations with that woman, you might be a liberal. If comedian Al Franken's voice turns you on, oh, you might be a liberal. If you think Michael Moore knows anything about being healthy, uh, you might be a liberal. If you like watching The View, you might be a liberal. If you have fainted at an Obama rally, you might be a liberal. If you get all your news from John Stewart, you might be a liberal. If you think the federal government is operating within its constitutional limits, you might be a liberal. If your favorite family movie is an inconvenient truth, you might be a liberal. If you think John McCain is a true conservative, you might be a liberal. And finally, if you think Maxine Waters, Democrat of California, is not a left-wing liberal progressive socialist commie fascist bastard, uh, you might be a liberal. You didn't build that. We built this city on rock and roll. That's the reason I'm running for president because I still believe in that idea. You didn't build that. You didn't build that. Coming soon. John McCain and Lindsey Graham star in the tender sequel to Brokeback Mountain. Return to Saddlesore Canyon. Canyon. 
You know, Lindsay, you spend a few days out on the campaign trail, away from all the other Republicans, with nothing but your horse, the press, and a few thousand sheep to lead. Well, it makes a man think different, feel different. You know what I mean? You want another back rub? Sure. Then we'll make s'mores. She'll be all right for a while. For a while she can smile until Barack comes back and she goes on the attack and it doesn't work. Oh hell! You know I taught her well. You couldn't tell that she fakes cry. Back to the Uncooperative Radio Show. Okay, moving right along to the UN's 2030 Agenda Part 2. And this is Hour 2 of the Uncooperative Radio Show. From WorldNet Daily, the preamble to the 2030 Agenda, which many see as the replacement for Agenda 21, specifically calls for an overhaul of the world's three dimensions of sustainable development, which it lists as the economic, social, and environmental. Oh, it's like it's silent jihad. Three three levels of silent jihad, and now, amazingly, three levels to the 2030 agenda. Just like, wow. You don't think they have anything to do with one another, do you? It then gives 17 goals and 167 targets that must be met by all nations. Nearly every nation in the world is expected to sign on to the 2030 agenda, Kane writes. But what happens to the nations that won't sign on or go along with the plan? Or better yet, what happens to freedom of conscience, individual liberty, and free enterprise in those nations that do go along? One crisis away. The goal is to get every nation to willingly sign on to the plan and therefore therefore and thereby sorry uh, give up elements of their national sovereignty which could be done more easily in a time of crisis McGuire said uh, still having problems articulating the UN vote is about to put America and the world on the fast track to a one world government he told World Net Daily we are literally just one crisis away from that happening. It could happen overnight, and I don't think most people realize this. In fact, the Telegraph, a major British newspaper, reported this week that the IMF was warning of just such an event with a mass default in emerging markets where global corporations are exposed to weak economic conditions. The trigger could be higher U.S. interest rates. These corporations have gorged themselves on cheap debt, the IMF warned. But the rug will eventually be pulled out by the Federal Reserve, causing a cascading collapse. 
Speaking before the United Nations General Assembly on September the 28th, Obama has argued that it is necessary for the U.S. to retreat as a world superpower so that global governance can rise up in its place. You don't have to imagine it anymore, ladies and gentlemen. You don't have to think, oh, he says he's not a communist, he's not a Marxist, he's not a this, he's not a that. Well, he is a this, isn't he? One world global governance. Of course, it is a socialist global governance. So he's actually saying, I'm doing this to help bring on the new world order. And you don't even heard any of this, have you? Again, had to go to overseas to foreign newspapers to get the story. Obama rejected arguments that strong states must impose their will or that might makes right and order must be imposed by force. But what are the ideals in the UN Charter that Obama has proposed to take the place of a superpower America? What will global government look like? For a clue on what global government will look like, McGuire says... The real agenda was exposed by Lord Moncton, the former science advisor to Margaret Thatcher. Yes, he did. I love Lord Moncton. We used to have a thing. We used to have a soundbite on Lord Moncton. I bet we do. I'm going to go look for it. Uh, And now an exclusive columnist for World Net Daily. Moncton warned on October 14, 2009, that the true agenda of the UN Climate Treaty and Agenda 21 is to create an all-powerful world government and to transfer wealth from Western nations to third world nations through the force of the new UN-sponsored international laws. One of the ways to do this redistribution is by allowing third world refugees to migrate freely into the industrialized nations of the West. Huh. Sounds familiar. It really does. Moncton summed it all up when he said, the goal of the UN is to impose communist world government on the world, McGuire said. The world is now at a tipping point for this new system to be installed, he said. We, are, we see the world being deliberately brought to the brink of a financial crisis that is created through debt to the central banks in Europe and the Federal Reserve System in the United States, McGuire said, which is unconstitutional, just so you know. The economies of the world have been strategically impacted by trillions of dollars in debt, the slowing of economic growth due to UN sustainable development policies, and the impossible demands of attempting to pay off these debts through higher taxes. These governments are obligated to pay pensions, retirement programs, and other benefits to their people while their economies have been stagnating under the weight of socialist economic policies. The sovereign debt crisis that started in Greece and Cyprus will spread like a contagion through Europe and the U.S. And the growing wealth disparity is creating conditions where the people of the world, including the former American middle class, will cry out for socialist-style economic policies. Again, the rubber band, ladies and gentlemen, the rubber band. As Christine Lagarde, head of IMF, said, a reboot of the global financial system is needed. This may include a new world currency and a cashless society. Let's start out here. I got so much to talk about. Uh, There's never been any attempt at austerity in Europe. Europe's austerity just means they went into debt slower 
than they would have gone into debt otherwise. But they're still going into debt. They're still spending money they don't have. That's their austerity that's failed. And uh, they are pushing a cashless society. They're trying to make cash transactions illegal here in the United States. And some people are like, so why don't I do that? I only carry a card anyhow. I never carry cash. Well, okay, good. So you, you're comfortable with imaginary money. I'm glad to hear that. All you people that are uh, hoarding for, like, super preppers, you might have noticed many years ago that Obama's had an executive order that required those places that sell that kind of gear to report to the government anybody buying large amounts of survival stuff so that they can be put on a list. Then if you looked at, I don't know, the, the defense bill that they passed, uh, that everybody was worried said it puts citizens behind bars without due process, which it doesn't say, it never has said it, and it still doesn't say it to the best of my knowledge. There was always a paragraph that exempted U.S. citizens and permanent resident aliens. However, what it does say is that they can take your food, ammunition, guns, property, water, whatever they want, housing, your house, they can take whatever they want during a crisis that they deem that they deem they need, including your vehicle. Oh yes, it cl- it clearly stated that. Every, basically everything. So if they know you you are hoarding a lot of survival gear, well, guess what happens when the time comes and the tipping point is no longer a tipping point and we've tipped over. Well, they're going to come there and take all your food. Why? Because they got to feed everybody and and uh, we won't be able to. So they're going to come for your food. So keep that in mind that if if the crap hits the fan scenario is what we're talking about, your your survival gear will not help you. (laughs) The government will just come and take it from you and say, without even saying thank you, and give it to people that have no food, like the refugees that are here, for instance. So I'm warning you of this because not only do you have to prep, you have to do it covertly. And in a way that the government won't find out about and won't know where you're storing it. Yes, you're going to instantly become an outlaw, just so you know. Most of us will, anyway. As Christine Lagarde, head of the IRS, said, a reboot in the global financial system is needed. This may include a new world currency and a cashless society. To create a crisis that enables their new global order to be implemented, McGuire believes the elites have been stoking and manipulating the rise of worldwide Islam. The Wahhabi sect, which is the most militant branch of Sunni Islam, is heavily financed by Saudi Arabia through its vast oil reserves, discovered near the Persian Gulf in 1939. The Al-Sud dynasty later made a deal with the Rockefeller oil companies, and in order for the Dynasty, to keep its power, it had to agree to finance Wahhabism, McGuire said. Iran's 1979 Islamic Revolution created the rebirth of militant Shia movement. The growth of both sects of militant Islam are connected to U.S., European, Russian, and American oil interests, McGuire said. Since the late 1970s, when Brzezinski co-founder of the Trilateral Commission, was helping train Osama bin Laden, the hands of the globalists have been all over the growth of militant Islam, he said. 
It appears Islam is being used as a destabilizing force in both Europe and the United States designed to break down a cohesive Judeo-Christian culture. Which explains why Caesar went from 10,000 to 200,000, right? McGuire said he received confidential reports from inside Germany regarding the flood of immigrants to Europe. Many inside Germany believe this was pre-planned with the Pope's Popeyes appeal last year for Islam to move closer to Christianity. He didn't meet physically. Maybe, now, or maybe he did. <laughs> now, two things out of this. How can Islam move closer to Christianity? It is literally anti-Christianity. It is anti-Judeo-Christian. It is anti-liberty. It is anti-good. It is anti-everything you want. It is the religion of Lucifer, if you want to call it a religion. It's much more than that and shouldn't be tolerated. But you cannot make evil compatible with good. It doesn't work. They're incompatible. It's like saying matter and antimatter. I'm going to put them together and see what happens. Don't do that. Well, and he's talking about in the 19, starting all this stuff in the 70s. So that's 30 years for them to get this global governance going. Oh, it's been over 100 years in the making. But if we were to tell people before this date from uh, and everything that's happening, they would say we were crazy, that this guy was nuts, that this is all conspiracy. Well, he's right. He's, called, he's quoting Lord Moncton. Lord Moncton came out and told us all this many, many years ago. Remember? I think he was on um, Glenn Beck's show on Fox News, Lord Moncton. He was on probably a lot of them. But um, he's the one that got, I think, got uh, Beck to start using whiteboards. Remember Lord Moncton had the whiteboard. He did all the connecting the dots together. Yeah, he tried to warn, not him, but Glenn Beck and whoever else he had on tried to warn us about Obama and that kingdom. Lord Moncton. Anyway. Moving along uh, to this plan to totally, you know, I don't know why I work so hard trying to stop all this stuff. I'm pretty poor and all this stuff's just going to make my life better. Uh, <laughs> or certainly it'll raise me up while bringing you down because that's what, that's what happens. In doing... socialism, you have to take from those who have money to give to those who don't. We're doing this because we love our country. Well, yes, but I'm, I'm pointing out that just because somebody's poor doesn't mean they're going to vote for more government cheese. I certainly won't. Uh, so I'm sure there's plenty of others that are forced into tough times in this economy that also feel the same way. Just I'm not going to vote for the government giving me stuff just because I'm poor. I, I'd rather than make a market in which I could get a job, frankly. But thanks to the Americans for Disabilities Act, I can't pay someone to hire me. You don't. Oh, you don't understand that, huh? I'm disabled, and uh, I want to work for somebody. The problem is the that act makes it nearly impossible for the employer to fire you once he hires you. So they don't hire you. Oh, that's illegal. But but they do it anyway. And how are you going to prove it? They don't tell you why they're doing it. They just say they just won't hire you. You're just taking off. The, he's got a disability. Bye bye. Well, don't tell him then. How am I going to? Tell, how am I not going to tell him? What has my work history been the last twenty years? The last thing I did was a New York City paramedic. 
I can't do that job. How does that how does that work into the private sector? So they're going to have to ask, well, what have you been doing since then? Well, besides a radio show, nothing. All right. So moving along. I just wanted you to, I'm not trying to, I wouldn't normally give you that information because it's none of your business. But considering I, I all the chatter by conservatives on the internet, I, I want to assure you that just because more than 50% are on some kind of government aid, that doesn't mean they're all going to vote for more government aid. A lot of people got pushed onto this because of the economy. They're not the people that live on welfare for the rest of their lives. They're, they're just, whatever happened, they lost their business, they got fired. Uh, they, there hasn't been real real employment in this, in this country for well, all Obama's administration. I was going to put that in the ups and downs. There's a report out, two reports actually, how many million, how many millions of people are unemployed. And this is, in our country's history, this is the largest amount of males that have been unemployed in the history of the United States. Yep. Yeah, those, that's the number you should look at. The number of those who have fallen off the list. Those who gave up looking for work. Those that ended up with a part-time job. Uh, this economy is crap, and it was designed to drive people into needing aid from the government, and of course they, we do. However, it could be fixed at this point. This this story is making me wonder, though, how much time we have. But regardless, my plan is still good because every stage of the way, your life will be better regardless of what happens. Doesn't mean it'll be great because, well, there might not be no greatness left in the United States with all these progressives and evil everywhere. We got to get rid of all this evil so God can come back. Send the atheists. I think we should deport them along with the illegal aliens. Atheists are legal. Get out of here. Atheists are ridiculous. Go away. Uh, you cause too many problems. See, if, you, if you're an atheist and you'd shut up, we wouldn't care. But if you're an atheist and you're telling us to shut up, now we care. I will pray any place I want. I will wear whatever religious symbols I want. I will say God all I want. And I don't care what atheists think. I don't care. They do not have the right not to be offended. That is not a right. Sorry. They swear they do, but you don't. Find it. There's the Constitution. It's on the Internet. Go find it. Go. Let me know. Contact me when you don't. Because you can't find it because it's not there. Ha. You know, they're right. When we had reported earlier on the show for the ups and downs, no one is talking about the violence. There was one report. Remember what? long time ago? Was it a week or two ago? When I did it on the show. We did the Fuzzy Muzzy report. There was one report about the my, migrants, Fuzzy Muzzies, throwing stuff at the police on the other side of the border. After that, there's no more reports about violence. There's no reports, period. Just like they did, and you pointed out last show in France, that the media right. blacked it out. There, there are so, so. Their government is very, very tyrannical. Even though you don't think so, because it's not as bad as like Saddam Hussein, but it is in the fact of their power that they can actually shut down news agencies from reporting. That no, no government should have that power. Well, our news agencies are shutting themselves down. 
No, we're shutting them down because they're not worth anything. They're not news. They're, they're just doctrination disseminators. That's all they are. Disseminators are propaganda for the left. That's all they are. There's no point reading anything from them. I I rarely end up on a New York paper anywhere. Uh, CNS News is not a real paper, so it's online. I don't count that. World Net Daily, ditto. It's not part of the lamestream media. The, the whole lamestream media include Fox as a wash. It's a waste. They're doing nothing but trying to get you to like what we're describing right here. That's their goal. And to hide from you what's going on until it's too late. More than 8,000 Muslims per day are entering Europe from various routes. They are creating violence and chaos. And the United Nations has said there is no end in sight with regard to the arrival of new immigrants. Oh, yeah, I, seal the borders. Kick them to the curb. Don't let them. Don't take them. Again and again and again. Our government's going to just let the abominus just wants all the, all the brown people he can get in here. I, how come... Someone explain to me that how come in all the brown countries everybody's poor as hell? If it doesn't have anything to do with skin color, I'm just asking. Uh, yet the continent of Africa, a total waste. Middle East, waste. South America, waste. Mexico, waste. Central America, waste. What do they all have in common? Brown skin. We got to be able to talk about this stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Are you afraid? Oh, it's bigoted, racist. No, it's not. It's a it's a valid question. What is it about dark-skinned people that lands them always in poverty? It includes in our inner cities here in the United States of America. What What the heck? I, look, go. Someone. Re, I'm not going to bother with the south south of the border history. You go find out and explain it to me because it makes no sense. Every place is a country with white Europeans run to place. There's not mass poverty. But considering we we have this up there that isn't constitutional, it, uh, he, this is well, something, even if it doesn't destroy us, this is going to be tough, ladies and gentlemen. This guy is going to, he's going to make you hurt and make you hurt until you cry uncle. I suggest you get them to impeach him or march on the Capitol. I know, I'm trying to do a blood. Now you're telling us to march on the Capitol. Well, in between, you feel like marching on the Capitol? Go ahead. So you want to slow things down? Go ahead. But, you know, not an all-out revolution, fort with bloodshed. Don't be doing that. Shut them down. Just just stand in the doorway and say, this is my building. I don't. You go home. I don't want you here anymore. Yeah, I know you'll get arrested. So at least I'll... You'll be able to get a, some kind of message out on the lamestream media for all those low-information voters who get their news from paper and, uh, yeah, newspapers and the nightly news. So right here they're saying they're creating violence and chaos, and yet we've heard nothing. What, it, it was just that one incident that went away. Oh, no, it's it it's never-ending now. It's going to get worse. The more muzzies are in, the, in their countries, the worse it's going to get. We are a gigantic country. But 200,000 more Muslims? That is an army, ladies and gentlemen. He's got the illegal aliens. That's another army. Millions of illegal aliens in this country. So if the poor brown people rise up and kill whitey, then they'll have their one world order. See? 
they they don't care how many people die. Look at Mao. Look at the idiot who says he was a role model, the Prague uh, woman. Uh, I'll say Doug, who said the the revolution, uh, change comes at the end of a gun barrel. Reportedly killed 70 million people in his different things he did to the people. 70 billion. So you, they think they have to kill about 200 million of us off. They've already come out and said it, ladies and gentlemen. With their with their words, they're going to have to probably kill off about two hundred million Americans to make this work, and many others will end up in in reeducation camps. That's your future. That's planned out by the whole world of the United Nations government. You know, you know all the aspects and satellites thereof. They don't care how many people die; they just care that they win. The ends justify the means. Remember. Civil unrest is all, is ready to explode, and the people are crying out for some kind of police state to manage the chaos, which appears to be the plan all along, McGuire told World Net Daily, and it's always the plan. Every time there's chaos, people scream for someone to come and save them, and it's never somebody nice. It's always somebody that's going to turn into the tyrannical leader. Like Adolf Hitler. Exactly, like Adolf Hitler, Stalin, Lenin. But... but- more this is more close to what happened in the Nazi Germany because the the people were so freaked out and clamoring for someone to save them that they actually turned in their own citizens to go right. to the concentration camp and what camp. did i tell you was going to happen here the same thing the exact same thing people are people what the, when people have a plan like these progs do that run him uh this is a world plan. It's not about the United States of America. It's about the whole world. And never let a what go unexploited? A crisis? Oh, yeah. I remember someone saying that. Well, you know, what happened is because we, we're we such independent people in the United States still that, that the crises that happened didn't work. So now he's got to create one. It's, now he's got to no, double no, down. Most of them were created already. No, they just keep, just keep piling more and more on until eventually we break. Sooner or later, there'll be enough chaos in this country, especially since he is coming for our guns, that we're, we're going to rise up and we're going to scream. We need to stop this. Stop this. The murdering, the killing, the raping, the looting. There's no way to, there's no way to survive. There's no way to have a you, – you have no economy. You have – you can't do anything because it's so disruptive that you you scream for help. And then there's always someone ready to fill that shoe. Always. Ready to come with the answers to solve all your problems by installing a totalitarian government. With military tanks in our streets, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I saw that movie, too. I didn't like the new one, I don't think. Red Dawn? I liked it. I like the old one better. Yeah, I like the old one better, but they did a pretty good job. The only thing that they didn't do is make it Red China instead of Korea. Right. They, it they doesn't matter who it is. Out. There will be some of that going on, too. It will not be as effective as it is in the movie. Um, they'll be very much planning on that in this country. So they have a plan for that. They've been playing, planning this for a very long time. 
And I told you, they're getting crazy because they're moving in for the kill. It's, it's they're, they're, That's why they're so aggressive. They're, they're ready to take the kill shot, and uh, nothing's going to stand in their way. McGuire believes the U.N. plan using climate change as a global crisis goes all the way back to 1992 and the U.N.'s Earth Summit on Sustainable Development in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. A crisis as big as the world's climate had to be manufactured and hyped by the world's media before the U.N. could put forth an aggressive agenda calling for some kind of global government. Beginning at the U.N.'s Earth Summit, the U.N. has used climate change, sustainable development, and Agenda 21 as a Trojan horse to grab power. During the September 25th, 27th summit, the U.N. presented its new 15-year plan to transform the world. What this transformation is really all about is forcing sovereign nations, including the United States, to surrender its rights under U.N. law and U.N. global government, McGuire said. And that's where the trade deals Congress allowed the Obama administration to secretly negotiate come into play. Now it makes sense why upside-down people in the, in the Senate, right? It, the, they legislated their own rights away to block the agreement because they didn't, they didn't want to block the agreement. And they knew they couldn't get two-thirds to pass the treaty. So they say it's not a treaty, it's just a deal, it's not a real treaty, and blah, 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 blah. And they, they legislated this nonsense, which you can't change your powers by passing legislation. It has to be amended. But they've got you so used to them doing this that they don't think anybody, enough people are going to notice or care. After all, how many times I hear, oh, dusty old doc, a bunch of rich old white slave owners. <laughs> it's amazing. I would, you just know right away, here comes the Kool-Aid drinker. Always the talking points. Don't doesn't understand what they're talking about, but has the talking points down. All the secret trade treaties that our government and other governments are signing are really all about circumventing our U.S. Constitution and Bill of Rights and placing the United States and its citizens under the rule of U.N. law, McGuire said. This is extremely dangerous because U.N. law, despite using terms like human rights, offers no secure legal protection of the freedoms and rights we have guaranteed by the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, he said. And the, the Bill of Rights are part of the Constitution, sir. They are the first ten amendments of the Constitution. They're not separate. The Declaration of Independence states that we have been given certain unalienable rights. This is a quote, and the idiot can't even get the quote right. If you don't believe me, read it for yourself. It does not say inalienable. It says unalienable. And in the original draft, actually, Thomas Jefferson did use the word inalienable, and the Committee, the committee of, of Five, five crossed no. it out and said wrong, <laughs> un. There's a difference. Otherwise, why bother crossing it out and changing it to unalienable? Find an old enough dictionary online, and you'll find the answer. Yes, and remember, pen and paper, pen and paper. The uh, word about certain unalienable rights. This means that God and not any human government has given our rights and freedoms to us, and therefore no human government has the right to take them away. But inalienable, inalienable rights can be given away. That's the difference. 
unalienable rights cannot even be given away. It has to be taken by coercive force. You have to physically be put behind bars to take your unalienable rights away because the minute you step out into society, as far as God's concerned, you have all your rights back. And all the people that are for these laws keeping felons from ever getting gainfully employed or, or have the right to defend themselves after they've served their time has go, is going to have to answer to God. God gave them free will. Who are you to take it away? Better think about it because you may not believe in God, but darn it if God don't believe in you. With that, we're going to a break. It's the Uncooperative Radio Show. You stay tuned because we'll be right back. Hi, this is Jeff Carlisi from the band 38 Special. The mainstream media has failed the American people once again. Internet radio networks like Red State Talk Radio will not fail you. Tune in 24 hours a day, studios A and B. Great conservative programming around the clock. Red State Talk Radio, the dominant force in Internet conservative talk radio. Do you use Viagra or Cialis? Have you been thinking about trying Viagra or Cialis? What if we could promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for Viagra, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pill delivers the exact same results for less than $3. We'll do the math for you. You save more than $16 a pill for the same results. Want more? We'll give you 40 blue pills or 40 yellow pills for $99 and add four more pills free. You save more than $500. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know what to do next. You need to call 800-764-9168 and get your 44 pills for just $99. Stop overpaying for Viagra. Call us and start saving a ton of money for the exact same results. Ordering is fast and easy with your pills delivered to your door in an unmarked package. Call us right now, 800 764 800-764-9168. That's 800-764-9168. Grandma, can you come out and play? Sure, Ellie. Oh, my. You might want to come here and help Grandma. What's the matter, Grandma? Can't you stand? Oh, sorry, honey. It's my knees. They don't work the way they used to. Does this ever happen to you? Are you on Medicare? You may qualify for a pain-relieving knee brace at little or no cost to you. Call the health hotline to see if you qualify. Our friendly agents are standing by 24-7 to help you. We also have braces for your shoulder, ankle, or back pain. And if you're covered by Medicare, you may qualify for free delivery. Grandma, slow down. I can't keep up. Maybe you can use a knee brace too, Ellie. (laughs) Catch me if you can, kiddo. Call now to get your pain-relieving knee brace. 800-368-6704. 800-368-6704. That's 800-368-6704. If you're struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. 
Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 800 215 6813 Back to the Uncooperative Radio Show. Back to the hell that is the United Nations. Uh, you know, I've been railing about the United Nations for so long, I can't believe that we haven't gotten rid of it. I'm actually getting old. I don't know. Just, you know, looking back 10 years of doing this radio show, the country's just gotten worse. Maybe I should do a radio show. Anyway. The UN Convention on Human Rights claims to offer protections for people's rights. If it comes from the government, the government can take it away from you. And therefore, it's not a right at all. The U.S. Bill of Rights gives freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of the press, etc. Okay, no it doesn't. What are you talking about? Of course it does. No, it doesn't. show Show me where the Constitution before the Bill of Rights was added to it that the government could do any of those things listed in the Bill of Rights. Go. Make your case. Do know I've been doing this a very long time. The U.S. Bill of Rights gives freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of the press, etc. The U.N. gives similar rights and freedoms that can be taken away at any time and for any reason by human government. This is exactly the same strategy that the planners of the European Union, like Jean Monnet used in destroying the rights and national sovereignty of individual European nations, McGuire said. Monet and others created simple trade treaties regarding coal and steel and would bury in these treaties subtle legal language that began the process of ending the rights of the independent European nations. Through the succession of such trade treatment treaties, <clears throat> do you see they're saying, they are saying treaty, right? Treaty. Treaty. Then how come the... You don't need two-thirds of the, of the Senate. Yeah, I know it's assembled. If, who cares? Two-thirds of the Senate to approve a treaty, to ratify it. So they don't call it a treaty. But it's all you have to do is understand that every, all those agreements are washed, the garbage, because if they violate the Constitution, they don't exist for us. So once we get control, that just goes away. The U.N. could go pound some... I'd like to say sand, but maybe glass. <clears throat> All right. So through succession of such treaties, the Europeans woke up one day and discovered they had lost their basic rights and freedoms, and they were now legally forced to surrender their national sovereignty and accept the dictates of a European Union. But it was all done by stealth, he continued. I, I was screaming to the high heavens as a blogger back then, don't, don't do this. Uh, the guy that was behind it was a bad character. Uh, they were all bad players, and, man, they did it. And you know what? 
I don't know what's going to happen when that moment comes with us. He continued. Like it could, like it needs to be any worse. <clears throat> this is exactly what is happening in the U.S. today with various trade treaties in the U.N. This is one of the reasons why John Bonehead is going to resign, because he is secretly signing away our constitutional rights, along with other members of both political parties. And when the American people finally wake up, it will be too late. Which is exactly how the Fabian Socialists plan it. This is all the work of Fabian Socialism. Slow, incremental steps until one day you'd wake up and you're in a socialist country and you like it. Or you don't care. When Obama has said at the United Nations, we cannot look backward and emphasize that global integration is an agenda that transcends the narrowly defined interests of nation states. He was revealing his belief that a sovereign nation like America must be brought down so a new global order can rise. In the article, he said it out loud earlier. Why are you, why are you saying, like you're making, you're just translating for him? We already had that quote. President Obama is not acting alone when he said at the UN, unless we work with other nations under the mantle of international law, we will not succeed. What Obamanists and prominent leaders in both Republican and Democrat parties are currently in the process of going doing is moving America away from the authority of U.S. constitutional law and placing us under the authority of international law through a series of secret trade treaties that no one can read. But in our country, if it's not properly ratified, it's junk, so uh, we can actually fix this by throwing this government out and replacing it with the constitutional government. And, we can... and then all this is automatically void. You don't have to do anything. Everything it did. An unconstitutional government cannot pass constitutional laws. And all laws must be based on the Constitution. So everyone that's not is already gone. The minute we take over, it's just gone. Start the burning. All, burning all the paper in Washington. Because all of it's gone. Well, again, if we impeach... President Obama, everything he did is gone. And his ilk. You know, everything he did is gone anyway. He is not a, a eligible to be President of the United States. And again, once we get back to the Constitution, that's the end of that. That means every law he signed, every executive order he made, doesn't exist. That simple. Well, you can keep buying into that birther nonsense that they threw up for you and keep, oh, well, but it's true. And you know what? Come to think of it, it was trying to keep people like Obamanists out of the White House. People that were actually working for another government, another country, another order. That would be him. It was They didn't want children of foreigners to be the commander-in-chief. That means both parents must be citizens. Obamanists' father was not a citizen. End of conversation. Trump, same ditto. Jindal, ditto. Cruz, ditto, one of the other parents are not citizens. None of them are eligible to be president of the United States. And if you vote one of them in, everything they do, it will be void as well. I don't care how much you like it. It's gone. Rubio? Oh, don't forget Rubio. I don't even think about him anymore. He's so far behind <laughs> the polls. I figure the people are already, uh, already on to his number. Rubio! Yeah. 
Uh, where was <laughs> you know? I'm sorry. He, he again another con- so 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 called conservative going up there that ends up being a prog. Rubio's a prog. Oh yes. Ryan isn't even a, a natural born citizen. Paul Ryan? I don't know. I never looked at. Him. He's not running. Right, but I don't, he's not. Remember he? He remember he denounced his Canadian citizenship, and we we're like, big That's deal. That's Cruz. <laughs> oh, is that Ted Cruz? Cruz? I thought it was Ryan. No, it was Ted no, Cruz. No, I think Ryan is a citizen. It had nothing. It has nothing to do with his. <laughs> first of all, by the oath, by the oath that every immigrant takes to become a citizen, you have to disavow any connection to any other foreign government, country, power, etc. How is dual citizen fit fit in that exactly? No, it doesn't, right? No. Dual citizenship is stupid. But I didn't care about that. He was born. No, Rubio was born of Cuban immigrants. I'm uh, going to prove uh, it right now. I said Cruz. Oh, Cruz, right. Rubio's <laughs> both, both parents now were immigrants. I'm get, now I'm getting confused. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Ted Cruz, Cruz. Yeah, had right. dual citizenship yes, and he gave it up. However, <laughs> that means nothing. It wasn't the issue. He was born in a foreign country, while not in the employ, his parents not in the employ of the United States government. He was born a Canadian, period. Now, our our unconstitutional immigration department may have, may allow this stupid dual citizenship and stuff like that, but I'm sorry, they can't change the definition of what a natural born citizen is. You have to be born on this soil, if not, if your parents aren't like ambassadors or something. But that's soil anyway. But um, no, even when they have them outside in a foreign hospital, those are still considered citizens of America, not the country they were born in. But put aside the foreign land stuff. You must be born of two citizens. Must must and must it's not optional that's the definition of natural born that's why that is as a special place in the constitution why did they just say native born if they wanted what you want born of one citizen that'd be native born not natural born and then there are those who are naturalized those are naturalized citizens so we have naturalized citizens we have native citizens then we have natural-born citizens. You see, they wouldn't have used the term if it was the same as native-born. They wouldn't have bothered putting it in there at all. The late communist broadcasting service anchorman Walter Cronkite, known as the most trusted man in America, said in 1999 that the U.S. must give the United Nations the full power of a world government and both a police and military to enforce its international laws. Cronkite also said that America must give up its sovereignty for this UN world government to take over. Aren't you glad Walter Cronkite isn't on the air anymore? He's found to be a hack. Now you know. He's a globalist. He's infected the rest of the media people that constantly say, oh no, they're global citizens of the world. So... You know, they have an obligation to report the stories and not get involved. So, in other words, if you are, like, embedded with the enemy and uh, you see American soldiers walking into a trap, would you warn them? This was a question asked to the media. Only one guy answered it the way he should have. And then, after hearing the, the other guy's answer, changed it to his. 
he was right the first time. He just doesn't have the spine to stand up for himself. Uh, he said he would have warned them. He was going to let he, them kill U.S. citizens. Everybody else said, we're global citizens. That's not our job to get involved. We're just report what happens. Okay. You, I'll tell you what, on the battlefield, buddy, you, you better not do try that because one of our soldiers is going to put a bullet in you. Most trusted man in America. How could it still be called the most trusted man in America after what he did? He violated that trust. How could he still be called? you got to be kidding me. He was exposed as a liar, a fake, a charlatan, an anti-American piece of crap. There's your Walter Cronkite that you grew up with. Piece of crap. He's part of what's going on, taking away our sovereignty. Every All those big, big news people are up there. They all know what's going on. They're not reporting on it. They're part of it. Wow, that's weird. They said they weren't supposed to be part of anything. They were supposed to be reporting it. But they're not reporting it, and yet they're part of it. Mm. Wow. You, you can't even trust them to tell you what they really want to do. We're in a hurt, hurt world of hurt, ladies and gentlemen. It's serious stuff is going on. Serious stuff is going on. And we're not that far from losing this. All right. Uh, let's move on a little bit. Uh, let's do segment two, even though I only have seven minutes. Did you know that there are outbreaks of all kinds of illnesses affecting our children? What is our government spending your money on? Illness affecting our children from the associated press. A norovirus outbreak in 11 northern Nevada schools has sickened hundreds of young children and some teachers, officials said. The Washoe County Health District said it believes the norovirus outbreak first started on September the 16th at a Reno Elementary School where 150 students and 11 staff members have reported symptoms included nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, and abdominal cramping. As of Friday, the Washoe County School District reported that the outbreak had spread to nine other elementary schools, a high school, and some associated daycare centers. It has been centered in Reno with one Sparks Elementary School. No one has died or even been hospitalized by the latest outbreaks, most of the nearly 400 people affected have been elementary school children. The high school teachers who were sickened also traced their illness to the affected elementary school kids whom they were related to. Elementary school kids, younger kids probably, aren't the best when it comes to hygiene, said Phil Ulibari, a county health department spoke. Yeah, it's all our fault. Uh, it's our fault that these pieces of crap that aren't citizens support put into our government indoctrination centers exposing our children to diseases we had wiped out previously in this country. The bacteria and viruses that cause the illness can be airborne, entering the body through the mouth. County officials are working to document and contain the outbreak, but warn six students and adults to stay home for at least 72 hours until the symptoms subside. The school district has also been advised to thoroughly clean schools, which Ulibarri said means sanitizing a 25-foot radius where there is vomiting or diarrhea, including going as high as six feet up along the walls. 
Health officials also urge parents to properly clean surfaces when there are sick children at home. You know, kids, they're touching each other, toys, common toys, common surfaces. Yes, let's encourage them to use more antibacterial soap. Good, good, well, not good goal. <laughs> so that no bacteria will ever be able to defeat any bacteria ever again because they'll just be used to all the antibacterial drugs. This is, this is what we tried to cake out of the schools because the teachers were overusing it and they were actually getting kids drunk because there was alcohol in the hand sanitizer. The other thing is when I went to go look, for, I found the story last night and it, there was a link to another story about another outbreak in another state that's happening right now. I went to go find it today. They pulled it. And Th then I did, I did a you search. Lose, you lose. And I was like, you're kidding me, because I had another, there is another outbreak going on in this country. There's probably more than one, there's probably more not... than two. There's, pro there's probably everywhere they put those pieces of crap, those third world pieces of crap. I don't care what age they are. They're not American citizens. They're pieces of crap. Oh, you just, you just mean to children. I don't care about children any more than adults. I care about right and wrong, and you don't. You don't allow this to happen to your citizens if you're a proper government. It goes to show you this government is not proper. It's not legal. It's not lawful. And it's lied to you. And it's brainwashed you and your children. All the people think they're so smart that call themselves libtards out there. You're, not, you're just showing how idiotic you are and easily duped. Look it up. Duped. Can't believe people don't know the word. What's that mean? Oh, Again, why are we allowing this to happen to our own us? Why? That's the point. No proper government would behave the way this government is acting. You're getting just you've been getting prepped for what's coming, and it seems like they're planning on it coming pretty quickly right now. Anyway, you know, kids, they're touching each other. Toys, common toys, common services like things like telephones and keyboards, snack tables. Elabari said. The county, just soap and warm water is all you need to do to clean any surface. Soap and warm water. You do not need antibacterial soap. You do not want to kill all the bacteria off because there are good bacteria and there are bad bacteria. Just like when you garden, you learn there are good bugs and there are bad bugs. You want to you wanna encourage the good bugs to grow so they keep the bad bugs under control. It's the same exact thing with microbes. That's how you know there's a plan involved, and it's not random. Notice how certain things in nature have a pattern. Wake up. This is not the United States of America. It is the United States, Soviet States of America. All right, let me that's Soviet. What is just socialist? USSA. Um, I'm sorry. Nothing they do up there resembles the United States Constitution. So there you have it. And as far as this is concerned, again, soap and hot water. That's all you need. The outbreak died down when schools closed for the Christmas break and staff was able to perform thorough cleanings. When was this? It was back in 2002? No, well, no, this was another outbreak in 2002. Oh, the other? Okay, another. Right. One. I'm like, wow. Well, okay. Yeah, no. And again, when these pieces of brown crap were starting to come in here. It's the same thing. Nobody is reporting. The CDC isn't even reporting on they're, this. They're not, why would the CDC help you? They're the <laughs> ones that want to disarm you. They're part of the national government, and they are unconstitutional themselves. So, therefore, they're illegal. 
So what do you care what they say? Pick this up on the other side. It's Cooperative Radio Show. You stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. You live here? Yes. Well, maybe you know what a zombie is. When a person dies and is buried, it seems there's certain voodoo priests who, who have the power to bring him back to life. Oh, horrible. It's worse than horrible because a zombie has no will of his own. You see them sometimes, walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. You mean like Democrats? Uh, what should we do about evil? Uh, that's, that's a good question. Uh... Exist, we see it all the time in the streets, Darfur, but not in Iraq at any time. We need to be humble and not have a spine. Defeat it. Let me just say, uh, Defeat it. five different budget plans on both ends of the ideological spectrum failed. Five budget plans. Failed in the Senate. Among them, a 99 to 0 vote, defeating President Obama's $3.8 trillion budget request. The Democrats are afraid of their own shadow in the Senate. They even vote down their own president's budget. Only takes 51 votes to pass a budget. Democrats in the Senate refuse to be held accountable. Under the Democratic control of the Senate, for three straight years, there hasn't been a budget. We haven't had one for three years. The result of no discipline for three years is you spend $10 trillion $400 billion. Our national debt is more than $15.6 trillion. Approaching the $16 trillion mark. $16 trillion worth of debt. It's the number one threat to our national security. The longer we wait, the more difficult the solution is going to be. The federal government is now twice the size it was in 2001. National unemployment has registered above 8% for the last 38 months. There's no way Barack Obama, with a straight face, can come before the American people and argue that somehow he has made things better than they were when he got here. The Obama economy isn't working for a lot of Americans. People across the country know what they want. They want a healthy economy. And the Obama economy is not a healthy economy. Most Americans have soured on the economy, and they've now soured on this president. 42% said he's made it worse. Independence by double digits think he made it worse. We're not where we should right. be. Obama made it worse. At a time when it's hard enough already to create jobs in America. Have policies that maximize economic growth. Supports our economy. Growing our economy. Build our economy. We help this economy grow. Create jobs. American jobs. Jumpstart the economy. Create jobs. We should be focusing on jobs and the economy. So if you're looking for a simple three-word description of the Democrat approach to the problems we face, it's this. Duck and cover. I hear all this, you know, well, this is class warfare, this is whatever. No. There is nobody in this country who got rich on his own. Nobody. You built a factory out there, good for you, but I want to be clear, you moved your goods to market on the roads the rest of us paid for. You hired workers the rest of us paid to educate. You uh, were safe in your factory. 
because of police forces and fire forces that the rest of us paid for. You didn't have to worry that marauding bands would come and seize everything at your factory and hire someone to protect against this because of the work the rest of us did. Now look, you built a factory and it turned into something terrific or a great idea. God bless. Keep a big hunk of it. But part of the underlying social contract is you take a hunk of that and pay forward for the next kid who comes along. Do you know a soldier in need of an angel? Would you like to be an angel to a soldier in need? Then you should visit www.soldiersangels.org. Since 2003, Soldiers Angels has supported thousands of American service members stationed wherever we raise our country's flag, and the number is growing daily. They also work with our wounded soldiers, giving them backpacks filled with needed items, personal visits, phone calls, etc. Additionally, they send our thanks via letters and email to the military of Great Britain, Poland, and Australia who serve by our soldiers' side in Iraq. Soldiers' Angels are dedicated to ensuring that our military know they are loved and supported during and after their deployment into harm's way. So sign up to be an angel today or send an angel to a soldier in need. Visit www.soldiersangels.org. This has been a public service announcement from the Uncooperative Radio Show. Welcome back to the Uncooperative Radio Show, Hour 3. We're going to have to The last a, hour. We're going to have to put a, a little warning when we come back from commercials to turn down their volume. <laughs> I think people should know, should know that by now. Uh, well, I, I am yelling at the far end of the bus. It's the best I can do. <laughs> the studio. <clears throat> All right. Norovirus is a very contagious virus that can infect anyone. You can get it from an infected person, contaminated food or water, or by touching contaminated surfaces. The virus causes your stomach or intestines to both or both to get inflamed. This leads you to have stomach pain, nausea, and diarrhea, and to throw up. These symptoms can be serious for some people, especially young children and older adults. Yes, because... When you have diarrhea and vomiting, you are dehydrating yourself. And you're also losing certain electrolytes, specifically potassium, which has to be replaced. Otherwise, well, you go into a heart rhythm, a rhythm, arrhythmia uh, from it and die. So remember, when you have diarrhea, eat bananas or just take potassium if you keep it down. Try, um, instead of water, try Gatorade when you're sick. That has electrolytes in it. It'll replace that you're losing through vomiting and diarrhea. And Pedialyte for children. Well, I was just trying to give something inexpensive and easy to use. Well, no, Pedialyte. You get the powdered form. You keep it in your house. If you ever need it when you're sick, you just make Gatorade. Uh, you, have to, you have to actually buy and store Pedialyte. Now, my question to you is why aren't more parents speaking out about that? Their kids are getting sick. Why are they not speaking out about it? Maybe they don't know how far wide and spread it is. I don't know. Why don't you ask them? 
Well, but they know who the kids are. And maybe they are, but nobody's talking to them. Who are you going to complain to, Susan? The school board. Right. You think you're going to hear about it? What happens inside, enter school, in school board? Do you think you're going to find out about that? Well, then. We, we can't even find out what the national government's doing. Do you expect them to tell us what every single local government's up to? Well, we we need to start speaking out, Brian. This is getting ridiculous. Like I said, maybe they are speaking out, Susan. Well, it's another reason to take the school board back. Yes, it is. That's more important than speaking out. That's taking control. All right. And you, it's, it's, all, it's all about taking your country back. you got to take the schools back first. If you can't do that, then don't move any further. Just hammer at that till it happens. Because it has to happen from the ground up. You can't be skipping over things that are too hard. Because, uh, for one thing, the children are our future. That's the most important step. We need to take our future back. You know, I like what I'm hearing because a lot of other talk show hosts are coming up with that plan from the ground up. Good. And also they're saying about, you know, specifically the school boards. That's what they're talking about. And uh, impeaching Obama. They're actually, a couple of them are actually saying it. Mark Levin came out and said, we need to impeach this man. Yeah, I think once. No, he's been happy. Is he? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Hmm. Well, don't forget to add and his ilk. Well, they should be put in jail. Because this well, they still have to be impeached to get him out of office. All federal all federal officers have to be impeached. That's the way it works. Judges impeach. Assembly congressmen impeach. Senators impeach. President impeach. You can impeach all of them. It's in the Constitution. I know, but it won't work. It doesn't matter if it works. It'll bring the issues to the forefront. It'll be plastered on C-SPAN and any place else that wants to have it, but that's probably the only place it will go um, because the networks are on our side. They're on the government side. Uh, I, I know some people listen to the show and they don't believe me. I have no reason to lie to you. I don't have to make stuff up. It's worse than you think. <laughs> I can tell you that that's why you think it's crazy, because it's real. It's true. It's This is what's going on. I've been saying this for, I don't know, a decade now. So let's see what our government is spending our money on from CNSNews.com. The State Department is planning to spend $49,083 in taxpayer funds for a one-time grant to establish a network to support the LGBT community in India. Are you kidding me? <laughs> We're not even allowed... That gov the government's not even allowed to give states state relief legally. There's no power in the Constitution to spend our money that way. There's nothing in the Constitution that allows the Congress to dip in the Treasury for fill in the blank. This would be a good blank, because this is foreign aid. And foreign aid's even more unconstitutional than state aid, because they're taking it out of the country. That makes it worse. Well, and I like today they were saying... And now, it's not only going to government as, as aid, we're doing... LGBT homosexual cretins in other countries were giving them their organizations money to help them. What the hell is going on? Nobody cares. Oh, well, that's not one dime is allowed 
that government is not allowed to dip in that treasury for one dime for foreign aid. Not one dime for the UN. Not one dime for the World Bank. Not one dime for the World Health Organization. What dime for the International Monetary Fund? I can go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. on. Basically, they don't do anything constitutionally. They do everything unconstitutional. Honestly, point to what they do constitutional, except make war and collect taxes. What I'd like today is that I don't know if the news organizations got it wrong, because, of course, they always do. And this is Fox News, and, and you're right, Brian. I am really starting to have a problem with Fox News. And yeah, stop going to it. Well, I mean, when the stories I don't care about, because you're going to comment in, on them or not, but the commentaries and the way they're reporting things, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like on their news shows. And, like, today they were reporting that Obama declared a state of emergency in, I think it was South Carolina, and he was going to send money. Obama can't declare a state of emergency. The governors do, and then they have to ask for no, aid. actually, you're wrong. They, they do, and then they ask. No, I'm not talking about legally. This is how it works. They say it is, and then they submit it for approval to the federal government because they want federal disaster f- relief funds. So they don't have to dip into their uh, negative run deficit spending economy and budgets. And so they push it to the national government. But the reporter it's not the national government's job. No, but the reporter said, didn't say that the governor of that state declared a... That it, doesn't mean he didn't. And it's, it isn't necessary. The only thing he declares... The, when he declares something as an emergency, it means he can dip into the treasury and give them money. But it's not legal. No, he can't. We we covered this with Sock Dollinger. They haven't amended the Constitution to change the situation any more than when Davy Crockett did it. Davy Crockett wanted to help the poor victims of a fire, the whole town, women and children, and oh, they they had to vote on giving them money. Yeah, well, he voted. He he bought into it, and he and he voted for it. He should have known better. Uh, one of his citizens taught him better. But to his credit, he took it and he realized he was wrong and he changed his ways. And he went back to revering the Constitution and understanding that it's the government's limited role in the country, which is super limited. Not just limited, super limited. None of this stuff that it's happening to you could have been done without a hundred years of subverting our Constitution. And you bring up another good point. It was a citizen who told his congressman how it's supposed to be. Yes. Well, we don't have that luxury anymore because nobody knows how it's supposed to be. I'm right here. <laughs> I, know I am in the room, you know. I know you are. But you listen to these men on the streets. They don't even know what the Constitution is. No, do they care. I mean, half the people. I'm sorry. I know folks. what New Yorkers half, are like. They don't give a crap about anything but themselves. Half the half of our populace are stupid, and they cannot read. Well, it's called the uh, functional illiterates. More than fifty percent of college kids tested were functional illiterates with a bachelor's degree. There was actually a prog on one of the, the stations I was listening to that said, you know, I don't understand why they want to tear these these um, right wing nut jobs want to tear down the Department of Education. We're more educated now than we ever been. I'm I started laughing. Who believes that? Show of hands. <laughs> I Who believes that? We are more educated. 
No, Alexis de Tocqueville. Look it up. Alexis de Tocqueville. Read what he had to say about the United States of America when he came here back in the 1800s. We were super educated back then. Now we're not educated at all. Well, when I say we, I mean those coming out of the indoctrination centers, so I guess not me. <laughs> uh, so I guess I was using the royal we uh, in somebody else's pocket. Anyway, uh, th- this is interesting. So uh, we decided for some reason we need to help LGBT people in India. We raised 200, people, 200 million people out of poverty in India. Some of those would be these LGBT people. My advice to them is to stop seeing what LGBT people are doing in Europe because it might get you killed where you live. Uh, don't, don't be playing super activist in your face, take over your life. You're nothing in India. You're a minority, super minority in the United States of America. You could actually get killed for that. Uh, that's the way these people are over there. You know that They're not as, as understanding as we Americans that put up with this crap from the LBGTQ people that we shouldn't listen to. We should laugh at them every time they open their mouth. You should just laugh at them Well, doesn't and it... ignore them. Walk, laugh at them and walk away because uh, we're not paying any attention to you anymore. We're not paying attention to anyone already anymore. We're done. I don't give a crap what your particular minority problem is. Tough. That means the majority of this country is doing well and the minority aren't. That's the way it's supposed to be. It's almost impossible to get everybody affluent at once. But a true free market would certainly end poverty in this country, as we define it. Don't they have strict religious doctrine in India? Well, India's gone very secular with their uh, tech booms and stuff. and they've, they've completely changed over there. The problem is not with the government. It's with the other people in India. There, there are Muslims in India, and they kill LGBTQ people for fun. So that's why I say I wouldn't be opening my big fat mouth like the people do over here, because uh, if it wasn't for our good nature, we'd have shot the damn activists a long time ago. Got rid of them. Shut them up. We don't care. Look, it could be if you think you could do better in a different country, leave. Otherwise, shut up. And quit your bitching. And by the way, when you get something for nothing, you should you should expect perfection. You didn't pay for it. You don't deserve it. You don't get to bitch when it ain't exactly what you want. Like there was idiots from Central America coming across the border and complained about us feed the food we fed them because they wanted their traditional rice and red beans and uh, and they and they changed and catered to them. You got to be kidding me. I'd be like, well. You don't like it? Don't eat it? More for me. See ya. <laughs> I don't know why people paid attention to these whining, bitchy little minorities. I'm so sick of the minorities running this country. It's not supposed to be the majority rules, no. But it's not supposed to be the minority rules either. So the U.S. Embassy in New Delhi is soliciting proposals for the grant titled our ambassador is soliciting proposals for the, a grant. That's not their job. Federal, I can't. You mean to tell me I can't get a federal grant, but homos in India can? Unbelievable. 
and it's titled Creating a Network to Support the LGBT Community in India, which will create a national network focused on LGBT issues in India. You know what? I'd be all for this if you just took all the LGBT people here and put them in India. We're not supposed to be doing anything, but as long as we're going to screw up another country that we're screwed up our own, kind of makes me laugh at India that they'd allow our, us to do this. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Somebody should be smacking you LGBTQ activists down on a daily basis. And in some in some cases, physical, because you get physical. Be careful. You get physical with someone like me, I won't. I won't start the fight, but I'll end it. Well, that's a guarantee. It's a promise you can take to the bank. They really are. They're very, very vicious. The grant will pay for leadership development programs for existing LGBTQ organizations. Hey, they added the Q, and now they don't want it anymore. I mean, I'm they putting it back. They don't like the queers. They don't like queer questioning, especially just... the questioning. How could you question something that's not a choice? Oh, see, they let the cat out of the bag, y'all missed it, and they put it right back, and you didn't even notice. Queer in questioning was Q, and they got rid of that fast. They don't want you to know they, they get to decide if they're a homosexual or not. It's telling you. And it just doesn't, they're not going to tell you that they were molested when they were a child either. But I guarantee you the majority of them have been. All the ones I've talked to have. They won't tell just anybody that, though, but... You know, regular people, they'll tell, but they won't let it out to the news or anything. All right, so the leadership development. We're, we're making homo leaders. Hey, they should call them that, homo leaders. It sounds good, actually. Uh, anyway, providing them tools to establish capabilities to advance LGBT access to services available to all Indian citizens, including health care, government, public services, if they're... If they're services are available to all Indian citizens, including healthcare and government public services, why do they have to do anything? They are part of the, they are citizens, aren't they? Or are we talking about homos that aren't even citizens? Homo illegal aliens, I don't know. Uh, all, see, they have to, they have to make like this a big deal. All Indian citizens, including healthcare, all of it. All Indian citizens are entitled to that. How do, how, how do, well, don't announce you're a homo. There's an idea. Do what people did in America for a long time. And it's my cousin. <laughs> uh, anyway, the greatest intended to change what, the public perception. There we what, go. That's what of my LGBT Indians. That's what our neighbors did. <laughs> Brian. I know that's uh, what our neighbors did, Susan. <laughs> they was kissing cousins. <laughs> it is designed to increase capacity of LGBT to take part in organized, collaborative networking efforts that will increase discourse between citizens and local officials about the needs for all citizens. Now, talking about the New World Order that's obviously on the brink of a happening, what do you think will happen to all the LGBT people when all the governments are overthrown, all the sovereignty has gone, and there's a one New World Order government? Do you think they're going to be, I don't know, bending over backwards to help homosexuals out? you got to be kidding yourself. Once they have the power, they'll use the power, and everybody's going to feel it. But there, there will be no special treatment of homos, unless it's killing you or throwing you off a building or something. That's special. Or torn apart or stoned. That's special. You know how all homosexuals want to feel special. 
It is designed to increase capacity of LGBT to take part in organized, collaborative networking efforts that will increase discourse between citizens and local officials about the needs of all citizens. I don't think we need homos telling us what's the best for all citizens. Who put them in charge? Shut up and sit down. That's all you should say to homos opening their mouth. If they start anything with a hyphenated gay, homo, whatever, just say, well, you've said enough. Sit down. It's designed to increase capacity. Examples of similar efforts have included a transgender board in the state of Tamil Nadu, which examines various problems faced by the community and to formulate and execute welfare systems for the betterment of LGBT citizens. Oh, so now homos uh, need welfare on top of everything else. Yes. Oh, the world. How about, how is about re? Crazy. If anybody needs to be re-educated, LGBTQs do. As a result, the LGBT community will better be able to promote dialogue with diverse stakeholders, such as faith leaders, local and national authorities, and others. Any faith leader that happens to be Christian—I don't care about any other faiths, frankly—that uh, doesn't say homosexuality is a sin is living in a state of sin and will have to answer to God. Uh, sorry, God's opinion on this is made very clear in the Bible, old and new, and it must not be tolerated. You know, it didn't say stone them, but you don't accept it as normal. You want, What happens if it infects your whole society? Everybody wants to be homos because, after all, homos get treated so well. Hell, maybe I want to be a homo. Uh, I'm just saying, I know that's a, a little ridiculous example, but it is kind of like that. Where do LGBT people in another country get off taking our money so they can get trained for leadership permission to push homosexuality in a foreign nation? This is unbelievable. This guy is no different than the Republican hawks. He is messing around in everybody's backyard just like every other president has done. Reagan's probably the only one in my lifetime that didn't cause a gigantic mess yeah, everywhere he went. Doesn't this money have to be appropriated from the House of Representatives? Oh, no. It comes out of the budget. He has a giant budget up there, Susan. All that money going to all those bureaucracies, that's all his money to play with. Again, they're not supposed to exist. Yes, I've heard the ridiculous argument that czars are nothing more than his cabinet because they didn't define what a cabinet was in the Constitution. Therefore, it can mean anything. Could people on my own side stop trying to help me? <laughs> I know you keep saying that. You're so wrong. It's, it's like saying they didn't understand what natural-born citizen meant when they wrote it down in the Constitution. Of course they did. Just because you're too stupid to understand it. Don't go messing around with my Constitution. And I know, and you're supposed, and I'm talking about so-called scholars here. Now you're just calling names. I am too. I don't care. I'm I'm pointing out a fact. Anybody that says those things, there was nothing about the Constitution. They knew what a cabinet was. It had a defined definition that they they used. Otherwise, they wouldn't use the word cabinet. They would have just said advisors, right? They said cabinet, cabinet members. There's a difference between a cabinet 
and just any other any other advisor. A cabinet member is a permanent position that is approved by the legislature, not anybody who wants to advise him. That's ridiculous. I mean, that, that would just ask for corruption. They'd never put that in place. I'm so sick of people attacking the Constitution based on what, what's happening in that executive branch that it does not adhere to the Constitution. If it did, we'd be rich because all those bureaucrats would be gone. You know how much money is wasted on those bureaucracies up there? The overwhelming majority of the whole operating expenditure of the government is the executive branch. Again, upside-down world. Diverse stakeholders. I'm tired of hearing about diverse, and I'm tired of hearing about political correctness, and you should be too. And not, don't even put up with it anymore. The words come out of somebody's mouth, shut them down immediately. Don't even let them continue to speak. Just say, no, we're not listening to that political correctness, diversity, propaganda nonsense. So start over and forget about using it. Or you've already lost the argument. The grant was generated through requests for applications that was sent to all diplomatic posts, a State Department official wrote, in an emailed response to CNSnews.com's request for comment. It was awarded through the Small Grants Program of the Global Equity Fund. We have a global equity fund? Live and learn, huh? It's never good, though, is it? He, he This was a grant. This wasn't something that someone sought. This is something... The Obama administration sought to give to people. No one was asking for his help, but he granted it anyway. Uh, tell me again how you don't believe he's a homosexual. Why would any president give a rat's behind about giving a grant to an LGBT community in India, or anywhere else for that matter? I'm sorry. This this man... At, oh, the, he is not what you think he is, and not even close. Even now, if you believe everything I've told you about him, you still don't believe the worst of him. Anyway, um, <laughs> founded in 2011, the fund is a public-private partnership that provides support to civil society organizations working to promote and protect the human rights of LGBT I persons. Where does an I come from now? And now there's an I. Indian. India. Oh, you're kidding me. No. <laughs> hey, homo's a homo the world over. We don't care about your skin color or ethnicity. <laughs> you're a homo. Since its founding, the fund was has contributed over $20 million to support programs in over 50 countries worldwide, the State Department official added. You know, this is just an attempt by homos to make more homos. And less heterosexuals oh i've already they've they've already said that their plan is to put us in fever camps and, and us breeders and have us do the breeding for them and we live in camps and they live in society high in the hog and uh we have all their babies for them that's how twisted these people are ladies and gentlemen you have no idea you're believing you feel sympathy for these evil creatures really you know what they said after the same-sex marriage opinion by the Supreme Court, right? Yeah, we're going to make heterosexuals feel the pain. Oh, they're such nice people. It's all about love. I bring you love. 
Thank you, Jeb Bush. Oh. <laughs> Actually goes back as far as the Simpsons. Remember when uh, <coughs> the evil guy <coughs> in charge of the power plant? And he, I forget, he's infected somehow, and he's walking around late at night glowing, and he's got his big eyes, and he goes, I bring you love! Yes, I do. That's, that's, that's where it came from. I don't Je know fun, but Jeb, yeah, Bush, Jeb Bush brought it back up again for me, but yeah, that's where it came from. Uh, the grant was announced, oh God. Since its founding, the fund contributed over $20 million to support programs in over 50 countries worldwide. We need to spend money on homos when people are starving the world over. Let's 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 make homos' lives a little better. Let's send $20 million to international homo organizations so they can promote homosexuality. That's not even that's not even something a dollar should be spent on. I don't care what's happening in other countries. I really don't. You're not allowed to take my money without my permission and give it to people. That's called theft last time I checked. Well, I didn't give the government permission. You didn't either. The Constitution doesn't allow for it. That's because we, the people, didn't give them the power to spend our money on homosexuals around the world. And why would this administration be so focused on international homosexuality? If he's not a homosexual, I'm done. That is his boyfriend, that, lo that love guy. That black man, it, it hangs in his, lives with him, hangs with him, goes everywhere with him. And that guy is his girlfriend. I'm convinced. And the worst thing is, he's a Muslim homosexual. That's like, that must really be tw twisting and turning because they, they kill homosexuals. They don't allow homosexuals anymore than God does. The difference is, they kill them. God doesn't. God says, don't do that. It's a sin. When you do it anyway, well, you're guilty of a sin. You'll pay for it later. Not here on earth. Now, muzzies make you pay here on earth. That's the difference between good and evil right there. That's a classic difference. Who are these people to claim to know God's will to the point where they they proclaim that every sin is put to the death? And if it's stoned, and it's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's such an idiotic, out-of-place, out-of-time religion. It's long since outlived any usefulness for anybody. Now it's just destroying everything. That's all it's good for. That's what it's going to do. It is evil. It is marching. It is destroying. It has destroyed a lot of history, a lot of holy sites, and it's just beginning. And it's coming to a neighborhood It's coming near you. everywhere. <laughs> That's the point. Everywhere. Now, with that... But we don't get to do the Awakening Revival. No, you have time. Then why are you pointing up there? So that you can do that before the Great Awakening Revival. Ah, well, that isn't what I do anyway. But for those that want to know how to listen to the show, if you want to listen live, we're on Sundays and Thursdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, unless something happens and we have, technically, we have to bump it. And we'll bump it to 6.30, 7, 7.30, whatever it takes, to a point. Uh, but so mostly though, it goes off on time, uh, Sundays and Thursdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. At uncooperativeradio.com. It's an easy one to remember. Just spell it right. Uncooperativeradio.com. Don't be confused. It's going to take you to my place over at Spreaker. My page over at Spreaker. And that is where I do my live shows now. Now, you can obviously listen to download and listen to the recordings there as well. And we are on picked up on iTunes, iHeart. We're rebroadcast on redstatetalkradio.com. And they have 40 conservative talk radio shows over there, 
two studios, Studio A and Studio B, for your listening enjoyment. We're broadcast on Studio A, Tuesdays and Fridays, 5 p.m. Eastern Time. And we have this fun little free 24-7 listener line. Any any show 24-7, just call 605-562-4209. 605-562-4209. Now, it's just for listening. No talking. It's free on our end. Whatever phone you use, you know, your personal charges for your own phone or your own business. On Studio B, we're rebroadcasted Sunday, 12 a.m. Eastern Time, Tuesday, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, and Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And Studio B's 24-7 listener line is 518-712-0045, 518-712-0045. Also, while you're over at Red State Talk Radio, pick up the free newsletter, sign up for it. It's a great newsletter. Look, if you don't like it, get one issue of it, and then just unsubscribe from it. If, if you really don't like but give it a shot. Give, just tell them asking. Give it a shot. Also, we have uh, iPhone and Android apps on redstatetalkradio.com for those who use them, wish to use them. Uh, as for my show, if you want to listen to my show on your varied devices, I don't care what it is, uh, Spreaker has it for you over there on cooperativeradio.com. Just... Uh, just go for the apps. You know, scroll scroll all the way down to the bottom. That's where they have all the all the links to where you want to go. Don't go crazy. Uh, so I'm trying to think. Anything else? Oops, won't be pressed Listener lines. I'm not missing something else about Red State, and I can't remember right now. Okay, well that's good enough. I, you know, basically do a search for uncooperativeradio.com. You'll find us all over the place. Anyway, so that's enough talking about the, uh... no, I guess not. Since its founding, the fund has contributed over $20 million to support programs in over 50 countries worldwide, the State Department officially added. The grant was announced on August the 10th, 2015. The closing date for applications was September 16, 2005. 2015, sorry, 2005. What I don't know. I'm having problems with this. This my head hurts from all this stuff. All right, the Great Awakening revival from World Net Daily. He entered Yale College at age 13 and graduated with honors. He became a pastor, and his sermon "Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God" started the Great Awakening revival. His name was Jonathan Edwards, born October the 5th, 1703. The Great Awakening Revival can be traced back to earlier revivals in Scotland. Scottish minister William Tennant migrated to Pennsylvania in 1718, and together with his son Gilbert Tennant began the Log College in 1726. It was the first American Presbyterian theological seminary in North America, which led to the formation of the College of New Jersey. Reverend Samuel Finley was trustee of the College of New Jersey, which became Princeton University. Two things. Number one, he was 13 years old and he graduated from Yale. Tell me how we're more educated now. And number two, colleges were going up. They weren't funded by the government. Yeah, that's the only reason people could afford to go to them. The fiery Dutch Reformed minister, Theodore Jacobs Franklin Huschen. <laughs> I'm sorry, Franklin Huschen. Houston, this was, yeah, 
arrived in New Jersey in 1720, preaching divine outpourings of the Holy Spirit and conversion, Frailing Husson's efforts led to the formation in 1766 of Queens College in New Brunswick, which became Rutgers University. Beginning in 1738, Reverend George Whitfield, oh, sorry, Whitefield, arrived in Savannah, Georgia, traveling the colonies. He preached 18,000 sermons in the next 32 years. The Great Awakening Revival helped unite the colonies prior to the Revolutionary War. Calvinist denominations were split between traditional, quote-unquote, old lights, who emphasized structure and ritual and revivalists, new lights, who emphasized personal commitment. The Great Awakening Revival was part of the Pietist movement in Lutheran churches. It reshaped Presbyterian and Dutch Reformed churches, and it strengthened Evangelical Baptist and Methodist Anglican churches. The Great Awakening Revival inspired Puritan Reverend Eliza, Eliza? Yeah. Eliza Wheelcock to help found Moore's Charity School in 1754. A charity school. Reestablished as Dartmouth College. All of these people that started these colleges are probably rolling over in their grave to see what they've become. This was not their vision. Correct. This was not the founding father's vision for this country. Well, obviously not, since there's no power in the Constitution over education, yet they took it, didn't they? That's what that government has been doing up there for over 100 years, taking your liberties, just taking them away. You didn't give them away. They're taking them away. Well, we're letting They're them. They're stealing all your power. It inspired Anglican Reverend Samuel Johnson to help found King's College in 1754, renamed Columbia University. It inspired Baptist ministers, Reverend James Manning, Reverend Isaac Bacchus, and Reverend Samuel Stillman to help found, help found the College of Rhode Island in 1764, renamed Brown University. It seems once colleges are formed, they never go away. They just rename them. The Great Awakening Revival brought large numbers of African slaves to Christianity, being led by Presbyterian preacher Samuel Davies, who later became Princeton's fourth president. African Americans were, well, they never called them African Americans, blacks, blacks were welcomed into active roles in many white congregations, even as preachers. Oh, are you kidding me? No, they were actually in government, too. Oh, my Lord, you must be wrong. <laughs> nope. I hate to break it to you, uh... We were we were better people back then when we had racism than we are now that we don't. Or maybe I should just say slavery. We were better we were better back then there was slavery than we are now without it. As far as look at well look at we I slaved all those people in the inner cities. Baltimore, all those black people that oh the it's the suburbs. Yeah, it's a, no, it's a ghetto. That's what that's what we've done. That's not that's not good. Welfare killed the black community, destroyed it, and and now we just want to keep giving them more. I I just don't I just don't understand. We got to teach them to be productive members of society is what needs to happen so that they can make money and take care of themselves and their own family and their own children. So we don't have to. 
Uh, I'm so sick of every black person thinking that all white people want to keep black people down. I'm telling you right now that all white people would rather not that tax dollars go to support your ghetto lifestyle. What do you think of that? That's the truth. You've been lied to your whole lives. It ain't whitey keeping you down. It's blacky. You know, and I love it because when they have these national black months, I don't even know what they call them anymore. Do you think the kids in school learn this? All they learn is how horrible we are. Do you think they ever learn about Uncle Tom? Obviously not, since everyone misuses the term Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom was the hero of the book, not the villain. Read it. Oh, if it's even available anymore. They're doing that, too. Next, they'll be burning them. It's online. Not after the government gets a hold the of first, the internet. <laughs> it's already got a hold of it. Now let's see what it does to it. The first black Baptist churches were founded in Virginia, South Carolina, and Georgia. Oh, my. Really? The Great Awakening Revival had a profound effect, as noted by Sarah Pierre Pont Edwards, wife of Jonathan Edwards, who wrote to her brother in New Haven of George White... I think that's supposed to be George Whitfield's preaching. That's how I've always heard his name pronounced, mm -hmm. but it says Whitefields. It must be Whitefields. Oh, it mustn't. I mean, there were a lot of people... It could be. I'm wrong, but I don't know. It's, it is wonderful to see what a spell he casts over an audience by proclaiming the simplest truths of the Bible. Our mechanics shut up their shops, and the day laborers throw down their tools to go and hear him preach, and few return unaffected. What is that? What do the progs call that? Proselytizing? Yeah. Like it's a dirty word. Trying to convert people to Christianity is evil to them. Ben Franklin wrote of Whitfield, Multitudes of all denominations attended his sermons. It was wonderful to see the change soon made in the manners of our inhabitants. From being thoughtless or indifferent about religion, it seemed as if all the world were growing religious, so that one could not walk through the town in an evening without hearing psalms sung in different families of the street. <gasps> Every street. Oh, my Lord! Yeah, and I was singing. In his narrative of the surprising word of God in the conversion of many hundred souls, now that's a long title, Jonathan Edwards wrote, and then it was in the latter part of December that the spirit of God began extraordinarily to work amongst us. There were very suddenly, one after another, five or six persons who were to all appearance savingly converted, and some of them wrought upon in a very remarkable manner. Particularly, I was surprised with the relation of a young woman who had been one of the greatest company keepers in the whole town. Hmm, company keepers. <laughs> Adulteresses? Prostitute? Whore. Whore. Yeah, probably prostitute. <laughs> nice way of saying it, though. Company keepers. When she came to me, I had never heard that she was become in any serious way serious. But by the conversation I had with her, it appeared to me that what she gave an account of was a glorious work of God's infinite power and sovereign's grace, and that God had given her a new heart, truly broken and sanctified. God made it, I suppose, the greatest occasion of awakening to others, of anything that ever came to pass in the town. How horrible is this religion? It's nasty. <clears throat> Christianity is evil, right? The ACLU would have shut these people down in a heartbeat. 
It would be an ACLU. <laughs> Jonathan Edwards continued, I have had abundant opportunity to know the effect it had by my private conversation with many. The news of it seemed to be almost like a flash of lightning upon the hearts of young people all over the town and upon many others. Presently upon this, a great and earnest concern about the great things of religion and the eternal world became universal in all parts of the town and among persons of all degrees and all ages. The noise of the dry bones waxed louder and louder. Those that were wont to be Venus and Lucis and those that had been the most disposed to think and speak slightly of vital and experimental religion were not generally subject to great awakenings. Now, this is the difference between Islam, which is a cult, and Christianity. They're not made to change by the sword. They're made to change by their hearts and their minds. Yes, let's hurry up and get to the end of the story. <laughs> it's a long one. You're probably not going to get to it, but I wanted you to get to well, some Well, if you keep interrupting me, I'm never going to get there. <laughs> Jonathan Edwards added the work of the conversation was carried on in a most astonishingly manner. And increased more and more souls did, and, as it were, come by flocks to Jesus Christ. This work of God, as it was carried on, and the number of two saints multiplied, soon made a glorious alteration in the town. So that in the spring and summer, following Anno 1735, the town seemed to be full of the presence of God. It never was so full of love, nor so full of joy. There were remarkable tokens of God's presence in almost every house. It was a time of joy in families on the account of salvations being brought unto them, parents rejoicing over their children as newborn, and husbands over their wives and wives over their husbands. The goings of God were then seen in his sanctuary. God's day was a delight, and his tabernacles were amiable. Jonathan Edwards went on, Our public assemblies were then beautiful. The congregation was alive in God's service. Everyone earnestly intent on the public worship. Every hearer eager to drink the words of the minister as they came from his mouth. The assembly in general were, from time to time, in tears while the word was preached, some weeping with sorrow and distress others with joy and love, others with piety and, I'm sorry, pity and concern for their neighbors. There were many instances of persons that came from abroad on visits or on business that partook of, the, of that shower of divine blessing that God rained down here and went home rejoicing. Till at length the same work began to appear and prevail in several other towns in the country. Jonathan Edwards concluded, In the month of March, the people of South Hadley began to be seized with a deep concern about the things of religion, which very soon became universal. About the same time, it began to break forth in the west part of Suffield, and it soon spread into all parts of the town. It, it next appeared at Sunderland. About the same time, it began to appear in part of Deerfield, Hatfield, West Springfield, Long Meadow, Enfield, Westfield, Northfield, in every place. God brought his saving blessings with him, and his word, attended with spirit, returned not void. Jonathan Edwards stated, There is no leveler like Christianity, but it levels by lifting all who receive it to the lofty tableland 
of a true character and of undying hope for both his world, this world and the next. Jonathan and Sarah Edwards' emphasis on training their children in godly values had a ripple effect. A.E. Winship's A Study in Education and Heredity listed among their descendants, 1900, one U.S. vice president, three U.S. senators, three governors, three mayors, 13 college presidents, 30 judges, 65 professors, and 80 public office holders, 100 lawyers, 100 missionaries. I.E. Winship's study also examined a family known as Jukes. In 1877, while visiting New York's prisons, Richard Dugdale found inmates with 42 different last names, all descending from one man called Max. Wow. That's interesting. I know. I thought this was fascinating. Born around 1720 of Dutch stock, Max was a hard drinker, idle, irreverent, and uneducated. Max's descendants included seven murderers, 60 thieves, 50 women of debauchery, 130 other convicts, 310 paupers who combined spent 2,300 years in poorhouses, 400 physically wrecked by indulgent living. The Jukes, descendants, cost the state more than $1,250,000. At that time, that's a lot more, maybe a billion dollars today. Jonathan Edwards stated, I have reason to hope that my parents' prayers for me have been in many things, very powerful and prevalent, that God has taken me under his care and guidance provision and direction in answer to their prayers. In a history of the work of redemption, 1739, Jonathan Edwards wrote, those mighty kingdoms of Antichrist and Mohammed have, tre- see, they knew about, they knew about the Muzzies back then, see? Uh, those mighty kingdoms of Antichrist and Mohammed have trampled the world underfoot and swallowed up the ancient Roman Empire. Satan's Mohammedan kingdom Swallowing up the Eastern Empire. Did I just hear him call it Mohammedan Kingdom? <laughs> Satan's Mohammedan Kingdom? Oh, wow. Great minds think alike. I definitely, no, I never read this story. This is in the 1700s, Brian. I know. <laughs> they knew it was Lucifer's religion back then. Now, see? Now I'm backed up by history. You're happy now? Now you can believe me. You don't have to feel horrible about disliking the Mohammedans because they're Satan's Mohammedans. In his work, The Latter-day Glory is probably to begin in America. Jonathan Edwards proposed that since the old world had hosted Christ's first coming, the new world would be given the honor of preparing the earth for his second coming. The thought that the Son of Righteousness traveled from east to west contributed to the concept that America had a manifest destiny. When the time comes of the church's deliverance from her enemies, so often typified by the Assyrians, Assyrians, Syria, the light will rise in the West till it shines through the world like the sun in its meridian brightness. And if we may suppose that this glorious work of God shall begin in any part of America, I think if we consider the circumstances of the settlement of New England, it must needs appeared the most likely of all American colonies to be the place whence his work shall principally take its rise. Jonathan Edwards, who became president of Princeton College, resolved never to do anything which I should be afraid to do if it were the last hour of my life. 
Wow, that's my philosophy. Just live every day like it's the last day of your life. Was that awesome? Yeah, I like when people agree with me. It's not just that. It doesn't it, happen very often. We were a Christian nation, people, before we, we... Oh, of course we were a Christian nation. Don't believe the secularist lies. Don't believe the atheist BS. And if they're really atheists, what do they care if you believe in God or you say God, praise God, love God, whatever. What does he care? What does he care about a statue of the Ten Commandments if, it, if they're really atheists? Why do they care? They think it's superstitious nonsense. It's just a piece of rock. Well, then why do you... Why do you insist on removing it from the public square if it's not of any value? It must have some power, or they would want to get rid of it, right? Well, notice the listing of the people who believed in God and their descendants and the people who didn't or didn't live a good Judeo-Christian life and their descendants and how much money their descendants cost. Well, it was certainly interesting, but that's about it. I mean, we're so we're so screwed in this country right now because most people don't know anything about U.S. history. Most people do not understand that there is nothing in the Constitution that prevents them from praying in public school, wearing crucifixes as teachers and government, having having statues or pictures of uh, of God or the Bible, etc. The Ten Commandments. All of that is absolutely allowed. It's just not allowed Congress to pass a law establishing unofficial government, unofficial religion of the United States of America. There is no official religion of the United States of America. Nor should there be. We don't want any state government like they had in England, obviously, and that's what that was all about. But understand, the first thing required is Congress has to pass a law. Now, oh, but they passed that up to the 14th Amendment. Now it applies to the states. Okay, the state legislature has to pass a law. See where I'm going here? Unless... Either one of those two places are passing a law, that, that clause doesn't even apply to anybody. It's that simple. Just read the actual words, for God's sake. It's not even that difficult. Oh, but Jefferson said, Jefferson said nothing of the kind. Jefferson was replying to the Danbury Baptists in Connecticut, who were having problems because, if you, if you didn't know, that's where the uh, Puritans were. And the Puritans wouldn't let anybody hold office unless they were Puritan. And that was what the letter was addressing. It had nothing to do with the national government, had nothing to do with the United States Constitution whatsoever. And if you read the whole letter, it's it's a philosophical point that you should never exclude people based on their religion. Read the whole letter. Look it up. Um, aren't you tired of being lied to by PBS and the and the lamestream media? Stop listening to them. They, they didn't. They're worthless now. Honest to God, Fox went down. It was that's it. That's all there was worth even watching. Sorta before it went down. Now it's over. So there's no. The mainstream media is completely lost. Paper, video doesn't matter. The whole mainstream media now. There's there's news organizations doing TV shows on the internet. You could watch like Next News Network, for instance. I don't really care to watch my news. So I, I get it off the internet, usually. I thought <laughs> the Media listening. Research Center also has a TV station. There's a there's a actually a bunch. Of, I think uh, I think Breitbart might have one now too. I can't remember, but you know, just do do a do a search for video news or vlog or all kind all kinds of things will pop up. I purposely I don't know interested in doing TV, so you're not going to see me on TV. But sorry. <laughs>
it's too much trouble. It's extra equipment. It's extra bandwidth. I don't even have the bandwidth. I can barely do a, a talk radio show over this bandwidth. I can't do video. Uh, anyway, it seems I've run my run my course course for tonight. And uh, man, I got to get this tongue fixed. It's it's furry. <laughs> this has been the Uncooperative Radio Show. I'm your host Brian Bonner from UncooperativeBlogger.com. You're listening to UncooperativeRadio.com. And say goodnight, Susan. Good night, Susan. And we're out of here. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.